0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, The Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. good morning it's the sports animals on the bobby curran show today on espn honolulu uh top stories we're following today well we're getting excited for the uh, little league world series champions parade is today downtown It was
1: great seeing the Little League team at the UH football game on Saturday, and the acknowledgement continues and well-deserved by the world champions. I love the sound of that. It's great.
0: Yeah, and there'll be some other champion teams in that as well. The uh, Rainbow Wahine will uh, get on the floor to face USC at the Stan Sheriff Center tomorrow and Saturday. Last couple of games before conference play.
1: Yeah, they have an alumni game next week, but, yeah, before conference, this is it. USC was ranked last week, but they lost twice over the week, and they went one and two, losing to ranked teams like Creighton and Kentucky, but they will be a good opponent tomorrow.
0: Uh, tomorrow night, uh, guess. Let's see here. Hey, the, <laughs> the Americans have a good men's tennis player again. Francis <laughs> uh, Tiafoe uh, has uh, made it to the U.S. men's semifinal. How about that in the U.S. Open? That was
1: great, and I guess the other match where it went five hours and 15 minutes, unbelievable. And I did feel bad for Scott Van Pelt. He had to go on live after the match, and it was a quarter to three in the morning when he started SportsCenter. He started this broadcast saying, it's almost 3 a.m., and I'm very
0: tired. And he's also very well compensated, That's so true. I don't feel that That's side true. for him. And the, it's, well, today marks the start of the NFL regular season. Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons take on the New Orleans Saints. Tua Tagovailoa. And his Miami Dolphins will be hosting the New England Patriots. Two undefeated against
1: the uh, the New England Patriots. Hopefully that will continue. They're really my kind of dark horse team
0: to make the
1: playoffs and maybe make a run. I think Tua is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Hopefully Marcus
0: as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's start the show. Speaking of the NFL, um, you know, uh, checking out some of the games coming up, well, starting today, but uh, going through the weekend. What are some of the games that you're looking at?
1: You know, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of them, but I'll, I'll start with tonight, because we had our L.A. Rams guest on yesterday, and I still find it kind of surprising that the Rams are underdog being the defending Super Bowl champs at home. I know Buffalo is stacked there. Everybody's picked to win the Super Bowl. Rams did lose a few players, but that surprises me a little, so I'm curious how that game will play out. And I was telling a friend yesterday, this might be a game I have never would have had interest in before, Carolina hosting Cleveland. I, I hope Baker Mayfield has a really, really good game. I hope he shows that, you know, he's better than maybe Cleveland thought of him. So I am looking forward to that game. The Tua game, of well, course, a Tua game, because I think Miami's going to be a better team than people think. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the Chargers and the Raiders. That division we know is mm-hmm. so tough. I think the Chargers are taking a next the next step every year from the last few years since they got Justin Herbert and others. The improvements on defense, the Raiders got better, but they've got a new coach in Josh McDaniel. That should be a great game. And I'm also interested to the the last game of the, of week one, seeing what the Seattle fans give for Russell Wilson when he returns on Monday night, with I'm, I'm assuming a very lo- uh, long standing ovation. There's a lot of interesting matchups this week, and you and I both like Detroit. I know you claimed you just, them first. You
0: just mentioned every game.
1: Well, well i, You're I
0: looking mentioned looking almost- forward to
1: every game. No, I'm not really looking forward to the Commanders and the Jaguars. That's not really my <laughs> I crossed that one off. I have to admit that. That's about the only one I don't. I really don't care about. But you and I have taken a liking to the Lions, mostly because of Hard Knocks. I want to see what they do well, against the Eagles. Well, people watched home. it. You you haven't watched it. I watched every episode, but the the last latest one, yeah. and I watched it.
0: And it's and it's been out for two days. So <laughs> you you are not in the Lions fan club. You're not joining. Uh, Kanoa Leahy, Kenny Ander- uh Kenny Anderson, <laughs> Kenny Harrison and I. Kenny Kenny Anderson's a fan
1: too. I was watching him last night instead, the, the Point God special. I finished watching, and I was going to watch Hard Knocks. I knew you would give me a hard time if I didn't. It was just getting too late, so I figured I'd pass until today. But you are correct. I didn't watch the last one. You but... don't
0: do anything from 9 a.m. until 6 a.m. the next day. Sure, you have I do. All that time. Oh,
1: well, I do have a lot of time. I get guests for the first – I mean, after 9 a.m., I'm usually getting guests for an hour or two working on oh. that. Hmm. So, that's so, so from
0: the... 10 a.m. until 6 a.m. the next day – you have free
1: time. Um, kind of, but there's a thing called sleep that comes into play a little bit too. But I, I know 10 am I've been... to 10 p.m. Yeah,
0: free time.
1: I know. I've been I've been falling back on watch my team. Hard knocks. I've been falling back. I watched the Elvis you movie last night. You couldn't find out where Khalil Pimpleton lands. I know, and I I was debating should I watch the end of the Elvis movie. I watched about an hour the first night, so I watched the end of the
0: Elvis movie, and that was it. But I know I, I felt guilty about Hard Knocks. All right, other, uh, here's, okay, games we don't care about. San Francisco <laughs> at Chicago. Not that we don't care about the 49ers. We love the 49ers. It's just they're playing the worst team in the league. Um, you have Baltimore at New York with Joe Flacco starting. Meh. The Indianapolis Colts, who I think are going to be very good this year, against the Houston Texans. They can't all be gems. The Giants and the Titans, not sexy. Here's a game you didn't mention: the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, division rivalry to start off the season. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. So many well, analysts that I see are talking about Mitchell Trubisky. And isn't it interesting when he first became in the league, they called him uh, Mitch. They called him Mitch Trubisky, and he's like. I'm a first round draft choice. Please don't call me Mitch. My name is Mitchell. Now you're on the Steelers, and you be called what you 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 you, you answer to what they call you. They call him Mitch, so right. that's that's what you'll be. And you say yes, sir, yes, sir, Mr. Rooney. My name is Mitch. So anyway, you know you know from I don't know. Uh, people laugh when they said Mitch Trubisky was first of all. I, was he traded to the Steelers? I don't know I wasn't traded. I think he was just free picked agent. up as a yeah free agent acquisition by the Steelers, and then they make the, him the starting quarterback, and so many people were like, oh, <laughs> Mitch Kubiski, you know what? And I didn't realize this. I think we mentioned this on the air yesterday. I mean, he went to the, you know, two out of the four years, he went to the playoffs with the Bears. Right? The Bears are pretty that. bad. Right. Now, There's um, in Pittsburgh, he'll have real coaching. Is, is it Marcus Spears pointed out? He keeps pointing out on TV. He's got some real coaching. Uh, you have a better offensive line and an improving offensive line. The Steelers are still need a little help there, but you've got you got a great running back. You have a slew of great wide receivers. You have an up-and-coming top ten type tight end, and uh, you got one of the best defenses still in the league on that team. I think you see a different Mitch Trubisky, and don't be surprised if all of a sudden the Steelers are in, you know in uh, deep into the playoffs. I would not be surprised at all.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I had forgotten you pointed that out to me uh, about two months ago. I didn't re- remember they made the playoffs last year. I forgot they made it in the last week. So I mean, considering well, they were they
0: always make the playoffs. I mean, come on.
1: But I mean they, they weren't the same team last year. They weren't. Ben was really not anywhere close to what he was, and that maybe was going Great on for defense, two years.
0: Yeah, Great yeah. defense, good wide receivers, Najee Harris was he offensive rookie of the year? If he wasn't he should have been. You know, you had yeah. Big Ben who couldn't throw the ball ten yards down the field. He overstayed his welcome. They isn't should, it, you know, most Steeler fans say they should have got, you know, moved on a year before that.
1: Isn't it amazing when you think Trubisky's an upgrade right now?
0: <laughs> as far as a no, passer from what not. they have last from year? from what I hear, no, it's not. That's why everyone's joking about Mitch Trubisky. Let's watch him play. You know, yeah. it could be a total joke and I could fall flat on my face and I'll be the first to admit it on Monday morning. But from what all the experts are saying, trubiskys he you know he deserves to be a starter in Pittsburgh yeah. and he will flourish in Pittsburgh unlike he did in Chicago. Yeah and I'm not There's I would the reason judge- he was picked number in the first round. I mean he was first round talent. I now mean, he didn't yeah. start I don't think he started long. I think he only started I could be wrong. Text me if I'm wrong at uh 808-296-1420. I thought he only started one year in college. But anyway, I mean he has the tools. He has the arm talent, he has the athleticism. He's, he's the most athletic quarterback they have in that quarterback room. I mean, who knows? Let's sit back and watch. And what a great story it would be. Even though he wasn't out last year, because he came from Chicago, he could be, he should be uh, considered as comeback player of the year.
1: <laughs> yeah. One thing I'll say about I don't know if he's Because he didn't really athletic.
0: play in the NFL last I, year.
1: Kenny Pickett's joking. a pretty good runner. I would put him as maybe a more athletic player in the quarterback room. Not what they room. say.
0: Not what they say really? in the Steelers camp. Yeah. So you need to watch. A little bit before you make comments of Kenny Pickett's a pretty good runner.
1: I did. I watched him in college. You didn't. You couldn't get his name right
0: all of last year. You watched year. him in. When I call him Kenny Pitts all the time. Yeah, but you know what? He He's a pretty good runner. Let's give me a break. How many Pittsburgh games did you pit games did you see? I saw the highlights. Famous Gary Dickman words. I thought Well,
1: I'm not going to say I watched the whole game when there's like all these games on, like you say. It's hard to. I don't know how you fit all <laughs> like those games say. into a day.
0: <laughs> I, I no, I didn't watch the. I watch. I'll watch a quarter of something. Yeah, I can't. I I, I'm not going to sit in front of a television for eight hours a day. Hey, but. What, why not? You got all day from 90. I'm just joking. Uh, Kenny Pickett is athletic, though. He, he did. I, I didn't see him the sure, preseason. He can run. But what they say in camp and okay. people, the beat writers for the Steelers say Mitchell Trubisky is more athletic. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want to hear from him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um uh, they, I, I, saw some writers write about all the award that they have given out. I'm gonna to try to pick up comeback player of the year, but I think a few people did actually think that he could be a comeback player of the year. You, you say that almost half kiddingly, but
0: I am kidding. You can't be comeback player of the year. You didn't go anywhere last year, right? Well, he played for the Chicago Bears. Comeback player. No, so he played for Buffalo. Year. He played for Buffalo. Oh, Lester. I'm sorry. That's he right. Really he was play. a backup at Buffalo. Yeah, but yeah, but that, would that be the comeback player of the year? I thought the comeback player of the year is like somebody who, um. I don't know, somebody like Josh Gordon.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Be, somebody would, didn't really play. The, they could be the comeback player of the year, but I don't think you honor, you honor that guy because he was out because of drugs.
1: He, okay, here are some of the writers who they have. The most. The, the favorite is Derrick Henry. More people pick Derrick Henry. Christian McCaffrey. Baker Mayfield is one, and that's oh, oh, one, one, one I was thinking of as two, and also James Winston.
0: Hold your horses. Why would Derrick Henry be the comeback player of the year? How long did he sit out last year? Five, six, seven injured? games
1: around there. So It wasn't a whole bunch, but I'm not sure what the exact criteria oh, is. Yeah. But he, he did miss about a month and a half at least. See,
0: like Alex Smith would be the comeback player yeah, of the year. Yeah. Back in the day, Tommy Maddox was the comeback player of the year. You know, you're out all year, most of the year. If you're out five weeks, you don't get to be comeback player of the year. Come on.
1: I actually I think it should be the whole season. I, I agree. I, I agree on that. But that's what some of the voters. I mean, there's all these different polls of rookie of the year and things like that. I mean, some people have Sky Moore. Some have Chris Olave. Somebody has Kenny Pickett. Uh, Chris that's
0: gonna, Ola- oh, as rookie of the
1: year? Offensive rookie of the year, yes. And mm. by the way, I don't, one thing I don't like about the NFL, they have an MVP. I like that. But you also have an offensive and defensive player of the year. And the MVP is never the same. So in other words, if you're the you M- if you're the MVP and you're Aaron Rodgers like last couple of years, shouldn't you be the the offensive player of the year as well? How do you have an offensive player of the year who's not the MVP and vice versa?
0: Well, I mean, I think you know it's just a way to honor somebody else. When you have you look at a uh, a, a tournament, and a lot of times in these uh, I don't know a softball tournament, you have the uh, the player of the tournament, the most you know most valuable player. And then you'll have sometimes that player isn't on the all tournament team, the all tournament team. Yes. Wow. The all tournament team will will be these you know nine ladies, and then the MVP is that. Sometimes it's not unusual. It's not not unusual (laughs) to be loved by you. Hey, um, I I
1: have something I have never heard of that is unusual in the NFL. I'm not. I bet you never heard of it either. Oh, come on. The only perfect <laughs> offensive game in NFL history happened last year. Do you know who it was and what it means? I did last year,
0: and I forgot already.
1: Oh, you did hear of this. Okay, I, I, I have never heard of it, or I had forgotten too, but it's the Buffalo Bills. In the, uh, the first round of the playoffs last year, they defeated New England 47-17 to 17 this past January. What makes it a perfect offensive game is that they scored a touchdown on every single possession. Seven possessions, seven touchdowns, no field goal attempts, no punts. And that was the only time that's ever happened in NFL history, a touchdown on every possession. In the playoffs, I can understand if you do it against the Jets because their defense was the worst in the league last year or Jacksonville, but to do it in a playoff game, even more so, that's incredible, and it's never been done before. I think that's an amazing
0: stat. I just, I'm just i sorry, I just i just got a sick feeling in my stomach about Michigan and Hawaii. About what? Michigan and Hawaii. Oh,
1: Michigan and Hawaii. Oh, you got a sick feeling? Well, something just happened in the last 30 seconds. You heard about Joey Yellen? Is that it?
0: No, you mentioned the scoring on every possession. Oh, you know, oh now
1: I get it. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't hey, well, that could
0: happen. It, it would behoove you to splash a little water on your face before the show starts in the morning. It would behoove you to be a little
1: funnier at 6.15. No, that <laughs> actually was a good one. That was a good one. That was
0: on me. That
1: was on me, Chris. You're <laughs> That's right. That's
0: so bad. But it's isn't that like, an amazing yeah, stat, though? Uh, oh, wait, who did Buffalo play? Buffalo played New England in the playoffs last year. Yeah, and so they the won. punters, like, seconds. after the game, the punters, like, for Buffalo, was like, what did I even come for? Come on. <laughs> it, it's amazing, though. I mean, I, I've seen games where there's been, like, maybe no punts
1: or one punt. Didn't Vanderbilt punt, like, once against us or something like that? Uh, but to have What about when no pun-
0: June Jones? Didn't June Jones have – was it Matt McBriar? Who was it? There was, they were super good one year, and they – like our punter punted, I don't know, four times in three games or something like that. I think it was before McBride, but I think something like Uh-oh. that happened.
1: Yeah, he almost got zero action. all. Oh, I remember you bringing it up on the radio and thinking how almost yeah. funny it was and how boring it might have been for him. Why even practice? yeah it's like come on just call
0: me why am i wearing pads okay (laughs) i'm on the side okay put on my shoulder pads it's third down i might get in the game (laughs) yeah all right let's go to the text line you know what we'll go to the text line coming up next uh let's see if we have any traffic advisories for the little league parade uh if we don't i'll give them to you coming up next here on espn honolulu it's going to be mostly sunny today Winds are going to die down to northeasterlies about 5 to 15 miles per hour. High again in the mid to upper 80s, depending on where you are on the island. We'll check your traffic here and be right back with, with more sports talk on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Hey, we actually got a text from the 254 from an area code. I'm not reading the prefix. It's an area code. Good morning. This is Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Everybody say good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Tom. Roll down your window and scream it out to traffic. Good morning, Thomas. He says, uh, let's see. He says, which NFL team will surprise you and make the playoffs? And which NFL team will disappoint you and miss the playoffs? Huh? Huh?
1: That's what I was telling Chris earlier that I have some NFL prediction based on that text specifically. Okay. Uh, I think Miami will make the playoffs and surprise people. As I said earlier, I really do believe that I'm not trying to be biased there. I think they have so much talent, more talent than
0: the last two years. The team really? that will disappoint not Hot me. Hot take Dickman. But, Way to go. Miami's got more talent this year than last year. Go ahead.
1: Mitchell Trubisky is the most athletic quarterback. Anyway, the team that I think will disappoint, I think it's going Mm -hmm. to be the San Francisco 49ers. I believe they will regret benching for now Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think Trey Lance is going to get the job done. I think I know some people are are picking him to go to the Super Bowl. What what are you basing that on? Trey Lance's lack of experience.
0: Okay. You could be totally right. By the way, uh, George Kittle's got a he's got a groin problem. Now we don't know if he's gonna team. start or not. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so anyway, um so you say the San Francisco forty ers expected to go to the playoffs. They will not even go to the playoffs. No, no. That's what the question was, who's not gonna make it to the playoffs? You said San Francisco forty ers Okay, I'll, I'll say they'll miss the playoffs. And I I, I,
1: I, if I had to predict exactly, I think they might make it, but I think they're going to be disappointing and not be as good as people say. But I'll say they'll miss the playoffs because there's a lot of other teams that can overtake them with a game or two, a, a win in a game or two that the Niners won't get with Trey Lance. So I think, and he'll be the reason that they won't make it.
0: Gosh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. I think will make the playoffs this year. Are Matty Ice and the Indianapolis Colts? Is that is that is that uh, is that too obvious? Not really obvious, but I'll, I'll ask you the same thing based
1: on what they were that close last year. But what does he bring them that you think? But what he's played in the last few years? Why
0: do you say that? Good defense. You have um, you have good enough receivers. You've got a great running back, the best running back in the league. You have a one of the best offensive lines, which he didn't have in Atlanta. You got great leadership in uh, Matt Ryan. I think this uh, change of scenery is going to be g r e a t, great.
1: They don't have T. Y. Hilton anymore.
0: I think, I think that's yeah, a, but they have Michael Pittman. Awesome. Michael Pittman's going to be the man. I think that definitely. Anyway, that's my pick to go they to the. Be, uh, yeah. That's my tip uh, pick to go to the playoffs that weren't in the playoffs last year. I'm trying to find a team, an up and coming team. That is going to make the playoffs. No, it's that's that's not going it. to make the playoffs. A bad team, disappointing. a disappointing team. That's tough. Uh. Oh.
2: <laughs>
1: Some people are picking Dallas I can't. to maybe be disappointing.
0: I, I hope not. Dak Prescott's my quarterback. <laughs> I'll I'll go with Dallas, I guess. Because you know, I've heard somebody say somebody said on ESPN yesterday. They didn't even think Kansas City was going to make the playoffs. I think that's that's rubbish. Did Minnesota make the playoffs last year? No, no. Okay, because Minnesota could make the playoffs. It um, was Philly,
1: Arizona, and San Fran with the three wild card teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, if anybody can't do it. I, I You know what? I don't know. I guess I'd say Dallas just because you brought it up. I That's that's a tough one. What about Arizona?
1: Arizona, maybe.
2: Maybe without DeAndre you know Hopkins,
0: and, and, and there's so many, but there's so many things that can happen with injuries that it might be, you know, it could be the, uh, could be the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it, you know, it, it could be somebody like the Cincinnati Bengals. But hey, great text, thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, the texter also says um, Trubisky started his junior year for North Carolina and was the backup for his freshman and junior year. <laughs> Wait, have he started his junior year? <laughs> anyway, so he did start more than one year yeah. uh, is is what the um, thing's saying. And then um, this one says, Michigan fan here. Oh, okay. They'll win 63-17. to 17. Sorry, I'm being realistic. Just like I was realistic and predicted Georgia would beat them by two touchdowns. I went through the growing pains as a Michigan fan since 2008. I feel your pain, Hawaii will get better, I promise. All right, thank you very much for those texts at 808-296-1420. Here's one from the 808. Um, It's Alan recalling what Belichick told him after the game. Alan says, I don't get it. That's what Josh. I'm assuming Josh
1: Allen. He's talking oh. about talking about the Buffalo New England game. The, the Texans. Josh Allen
0: recalling what Belichick told him after the playoff game. Just more respect. What you did out there was awesome. You played well tonight. We didn't have an answer again. I shared respect right back, obviously, because I'm a big fan of his, and I could go on about the accolades he has. But again, for a coach to do that was that high caliber was pretty special. All right, somebody sent us a quote of what Allen said about Bill Belichick. Thank you very much for sharing.
1: We have a perfect game like that. I'll interpret any more text if you'd like oh, later.
0: Go ahead. Well, we don't have them yet. Oh, okay. That's 808-296-1420. <laughs> the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line is open for you. You can call in as well. So the uh, we didn't hear it in the traffic update, but the uh, maybe we will uh, coming up momentarily. Uh, we do have a guest coming up, Nick Costello is the assistant coach for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. He's going to join us coming up next, and uh, we will, of course, they face USC tomorrow and Saturday at the Stan Sheriff Center. So we will have some road closures today if you are uh, out and about around downtown. Now, starting at noon, the Honolulu Little League Parade will be going to, uh, through downtown Honolulu. It starts at noon, goes from Ala Park to Honolulu Hale. So uh, they're going to close the lanes in front of Ala Park at 945 this morning, that's where they stage all the parade vehicles, at 11 o'clock, King Street will be closed starting at, wow, starting at Dillingham Boulevard and the Liliha Street intersection. So traffic is going to be detoured to a Street. I don't even know where a Street is. It's an Evelay, you idiot. <laughs> um, cross streets along King Street will be closed progressively. I'm getting this from the Star Advertiser. Uh, they're going to be closed progressively. That says as the as the parade moves down King Street, they're going to close the cross streets down, then reopen them as they pass by. So just get ready. If you're in the uh, King Street, Dillingham Boulevard, around that area, uh, going to be uh, some traffic in the midday today, okay? If you got a lunch appointment or something like that, keep that in mind and give yourself plenty of time as we celebrate the Honolulu Little Leaguers. Uh, coming up, We'll talk some Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. That is on the way as we also celebrate today not only our Honolulu Little League team, but the start of the regular season in the NFL. We'll be back on ESPN Honolulu.
1: Some really exciting exciting. – volleyball last weekend at the Stan Sheriff Center almost resulting in a three-match sweep a little short against UCLA the Wahine are in action tomorrow's Chris said against USC we're going to talk some more rainbow Wahine volleyball we are joined by their assistant coach here on ESPN Honolulu for the first time Nick Costello is with us Nick thank you so much for joining us and I thought especially with the first two matches against Texas State and West Virginia this team looked like they were clicking on all cylinders with sweeps both nights
3: Yeah, good morning, gentlemen.
1: Uh, We uh, found our rhythm uh, those first two
3: nights. It was good to be back home in the stand and play in front of our fans. Um, And I think we just had something to kind of prove to everybody, ourselves and everybody. Um, Our trip in uh, College Station wasn't really a a true dictation of what we were as a team. So, um, you know, that was our next opportunity to kind of show what we were about, and we had uh, some success.
1: In basically, what used to be the annual Labor Day weekend appearance by UCLA, first time in three years because of COVID, they weren't here for the last couple. Uh, what an exciting match! And your team, I believe, in the fourth set, were only two points away from clinching the victory. It looked like the match was all but one. UCLA ended that set in an eight-one run. What were what was the problems, I guess, to trying to close out UCLA on Sunday in the fourth game?
3: Yeah, I mean. Um... Those are ones that you're going to remember for the rest of the, the season, you know, ones that just kind of slip away from you. But it, for us, it was just completely our side. It was nothing really that UCLA was doing. Um, if anything, they, were just, they just kept coming. Um, we had multiple oppor- opportunities to close, and, um, you know, we just didn't um, finish. But, you know, it's, for us, it's a takeaway where we, we know that we have to have a little more urgency down the stretch, especially when we have a, a big lead like that, a lot of momentum. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's an unfortunate way to finish and definitely one that we're using as motivation looking forward.
1: What, what do you think the players, can they take away anything from that as far as trying to finish out a team? And they're ranked, they're you know, a lot higher ranked after last weekend's sweep. But what can the players take away that as far as future matches? I
3: think it's just kind of staying locked in between the ears, you know, on the gas, um, you know, not saying that our girls, um, you know, let up. But I think it was a mixture of, we just got a little tight down the stretch. You have that nice, comfortable lead. I, I think you just got to run through that finish line, you know, instead of seeing it and kind of slowing down. And next thing you know, you let a team in, and then things start to get tight. And, um, you know, then you start to, you know, stop breathing a little bit. So I think for us, the big takeaway is just we got to make sure that we stay loose down the stretch. When we have opportunities to finish, we just got to make sure that we pounce on them.
1: Assistant volleyball coach for the University of Hawaii women's volleyball team. Nick Costello here with the animals, filling in for Bobby Curran on ESPN Honolulu. Amber IGD, defensive player of the week. So it might be an easy yes. answer to this question. She had forty seven kills and twenty three blocks, ten of them against UCLA. What impressed you the most about Amber's weekend?
3: Um, for Amber, you know, she's a she's a unreal athlete and when she can just trust her own skill set and be confident with uh, the moves she's making, especially on the defensive end. Um, She does some pretty cool things, and we were able to see that this weekend. And she had spurts, especially in that third set against UCLA. She was on fire, man. I mean, she was just making some good reads, making some good moves, um, and was just confident with it. And on the offensive end, I mean, we kind of saw last year, how she's a big staple in our offense. So if we can pass and deliver her the ball as much as possible, we, we like to do that. But... No, she's an unreal athlete. For her, it's just a matter of um, you know staying consistent on the offensive end, um, with finding her, and on the defensive end, just making sure she stays disciplined, which allows her to go and you know play the game that she's capable of playing.
1: Kaylin Alexander, the uh, freshman, the outside hitter, Big West freshman of the week. She had a really good week, her first double-double, 18 kills and uh, 11 digs, I believe, against UCLA. She had three blocks as well, two aces. Looks like also one thing about her, where she leads the team in service aces, pretty effective from the service line. What impresses you the most about Kaylin Alexander watching her for the first six matches?
3: Man, Kaylin, she's uh, going to be a scary player, man. Uh, So much potential. Um, and the, the cool thing about it is that she's, she's also like, she's very green in a lot of areas. So, I mean, the ceiling is so high and she's going to continue to push that. And just her willingness and openness to learn and, you know, expand her game has been one that stood out to me. Um, we knew that she was going to be pretty offensive um, coming from like the ball control standpoint. That's another aspect of her game that surprised me where, again, she's a little green, but she catches on quick and um, her willingness to just go and not really question herself. It might not look the prettiest, but she gets the job done, and she's been great to have, great personality in the gym, great player. Um, I think she's she definitely stepped into that role of that 0-1 position and has held her own, and, you know, we're just looking for her to continue to push the envelope and uh, continue to grow.
1: Another player, when you talk about players growing, Braylon Akana, every year it seems like she gets more playing time, she improves. And I went to the West Virginia match where she looked really, really effective. And then on uh, Sunday against UCLA, another great match for her, 11 kills and four blocks. Do you see her growth this season from what you've seen in the past?
3: Yeah, Bray, she, she's a worker. You know, she, um, she knows that she's been playing this kind of uphill battle from, from when she made that jump from high school to college, you know, being a middle blocker in high school and then having to go through all, like, you know, the ball control training to get to the pin, and she's just been relentless. You know, it's not not great every day, but she just comes back and continues to work, and that's why it's cool to see her in those moments when she thrives because we know she's capable of doing that uh, night in and night out. So for us, it's just a matter of her being consistent and confident with her skill set, but she provides – a lot of good sparks for us on from from both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively. She showed that um, this past weekend. Um, and in key moments, too. I think uh, sometimes she might, she might be a little quiet on the defensive end, might not be blocking, but I feel like she always comes up big at the right times with some defensive plays. Same thing from the offense. So we're just looking for that consistency factor to continue to get her involved and to help us.
1: It's the Hawaiian Airlines Volleyball Series tomorrow and Saturday at Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. USC comes to town. They were ranked before suffering a couple losses to ranked teams last week. How do you compare USC to UCLA size-wise or their strengths?
3: I think they have a lot of similarities. Uh, both teams, uh, they have some weapons. They're big. I'd say UCLA is a little bit bigger than SC, um, but SC definitely has some weapons. But well, you know, just like any team, it's going to come down to serve and pass. And I think we kind of showed um, some holes in UCLA from their reception line. We were able to put some service pressure uh, on them, which then gave us some defensive runs. Um, and we were able to turn some defensive plays into some points. And you know, that's the goal for any team, right? But I think those are the that's the number one similarity for me um, with these two teams in UCLA and SC is the service pressure. If we can apply some. Nice consistent service pressure throughout the night. Um, we'll be able to get some chances on defense and get some opportunities to turn some points. Um, so our number one focus is to put some service pressure on this team.
1: Hey, before we let you go, Nick, I'm curious, watching the matches, what are, what are your responsibilities during the match? What are you trying to relate to the players from the start to the finish?
3: Um, well I mean from the going into it, uh we're we're talking about a lot of block D and just kind of talking about how we want to scheme against them and whatnot, and more so in match, it's uh, one of my responsibilities is going over um, service, who we're going to target and whatnot, which kind of stems where the defense starts from. So um, we're just kind of making sure we're on the same page from the service line, what we're trying to do on the defensive end, and then, of course, you know, turning those defensive points or defensive stops and touches into points. But we're kind of all hands on deck, and all the staff are on the same page, and the girls are just, you know, very
1: receptive to whatever we give them and they, um, you know, they go do
3: it. So it's a good group to work with and a good staff to work with.
1: It was exciting last weekend, bigger crowds every night, over 5,400 against UCLA. Hopefully more of that on Friday and Saturday. Nick, thanks so much for joining us this week and uh, good luck this weekend and in Big West play coming up in a few weeks.
3: Right on. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, thank you.
1: Nick Costello, assistant volleyball coach for the Rainbow Wahine Volleyball team, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. Tiff Wells on the call both Friday and Saturday at 6.50 here on ESPN Honolulu.
0: Hey, the commissioner of the Big 12 says they're going to start looking for new teams out west. We'll talk about that coming up here. And we also would love you to join Josh Pacheco and Coach Arnold Martinez for a countdown to kickoff live at 12 noon this Saturday at Big City Diner in YPO, you can enjoy Mega Modelos. That's 25-ounce Modelo drafts for seven dollars. Got lots of prize giveaways, and of course, Hawaii and Michigan. Check it out. Thank you to Paradise Beverages, Modelo Especial, Diotani Produce, and Coca Cola.
2: All right, we're going to get into the Big 12 in a second, but uh,
0: some uh, recent news is happening. Let's go to Gary's Tabloid. What's going on in tabloid news, Gary? Well, as you might
1: recall, and then again, you might not, a few weeks ago, Tom Brady left Tampa Bay for 11 days for different reasons according to whatever day you heard the report. One is that it was a prearranged agreement with Tampa Bay. Others speculated it could have been something else. He did come back and say that had nothing to do with his health, uh, but he says I'm 45, a lot of stuff's going on, blah, blah, blah. But there was also reports that it might involve his, his wife, Giselle and that she was not happy at all when he came out of that quick retirement in March after 30, 40 days and went back to the NFL that she's always taking care of the kids and watching the house for nine months and she was not happy about this and according to reports in TMZ and a whole bunch of places have reported it that she uh, left Tampa and went to Costa Rica last week. The report the other day was that she came back, didn't see Brady at all, picked up the kids and left again and took the kids with her. Uh, and even just looking from an hour ago on TMZ, on social media, that they're no longer living together, and it's a r- the rough patch is very serious. And I didn't open up the entire article, but that's been reported like almost every day there. What I, I mean, I don't, not that I don't care about his personal life. That's not what I'm trying to say when I bring this up. I wonder the way he left the team for 11 days. He's already accomplished a ton. He doesn't need football. Maybe Well, I'm sure he needs it maybe because he loves doing it, but – If it comes to breaking up his family, I wonder if at some point he just suddenly picks up and does leave again, whether it's during the season or not. I just wonder about that. I'm sure his family is obviously very important to him. But I I just think this is something that might be a concern for Tampa Bay fans
0: or just football fans. And on tomorrow's uh, tabloid news with Gary Dickman, uh, Hillary Clinton adopts an alien baby. Giant bats attack planes. And Vladimir Putin... Is a robot. That's tomorrow on Gary's Tabloid News. If I can fit that all in. I'm not
1: sure if I can fit it all (laughs) in. Uh, If you can fit it
0: in, could you fit in? Adolf Hitler was a woman. One of World War II's best kept secrets. These stories and more tomorrow on Gary's Tabloid News. Did you hear the story from the U.S.
1: Open in tennis, which I know you've been following, that there was a guy getting a haircut in the stands two nights ago?
0: Why? Well, because it's cool. The one it's, it's, that supercuts uh, haircut cam or whatever? I guess
1: they deliver. Um, it was a YouTube <laughs> guy, and he did it, I believe. I know he did it at an NBA game. I thought it was in Atlanta. Somebody else said maybe Minnesota, but he did it in an NBA game. And I, I wonder how you get your razors or anything past security, but now that guy's been banned. Uh, the U.S. Open people apparently did not like that, but he did it in the first mm. row. The first row, the guy sitting there, and they, I, what I wondered about it before seeing the video was, wasn't he in people's ways, But the guy was sitting next to him. That the barber was sitting down giving the haircut so he wasn't standing up blocking anybody's view, but he's actually giving a haircut. The match is going on. I forget who was playing. It wasn't one of the top players. Still, that is bizarre, but I did read a follow-up yesterday that that guy has now been banned from attending the U.S. Open. I guess it's illegal to give a haircut in the stands. Uh, they, I mean, some arenas have barbershops. I know Bar- Barclays Center has a barbershop actually in the arena where you can get a haircut, I guess, legally. This was not approved, but I guess the guy's trying to make his mark by going to all these sporting events doing that.
0: It 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 seems like an expensive, an ex. (laughs) You said first row. It seems like a super expensive stunt just to get some 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 uh, attention
1: on TikTok. That's right? what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. That's an expensive ticket. Now, if it was against Serena, that might have been forty-eight when she played, not against her, but when she played last week, the ticket was 48,000 for that area. Uh, I know it's not the same now, but it's probably over $500, depending on who's playing. And I, I, I'm not sure how popular the guy is, but he's supposed to be pretty popular, and maybe somebody sponsored it. But that's pretty bizarre. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny the thing. Oh, you he's see an influencer? Minutes.
0: He's already an influencer. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's doing. Okay, yes, yes. gotcha. Well, that makes sense. That's kind of what Bill they bizarre. do. All right, coming up in about 25 minutes uh Mark Veneri is uh did I think he's gone already, huh? Yeah, they arrived Mark's, about 5 uh, hours on his ago. Wait. He's on his uh, or he's there in Michigan. We'll talk uh, some uh, Michigan UH football with John Veneri. That is coming Mark. up. Mark Vaneri. We had John Vaneri already. Yeah. And um I mentioned I mentioned the uh big 12's expansion strategy is going out west and i don't know much about you know they haven't really commented but it brings up maybe some ideas of some teams that are big west ready and would they want to go to the big west say they go to the pack 12 would they want to go there or stay in the big 12 in other words if you're in the in your future are you better off in the pack 12 Are you better off in the Big 12? That and more coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, I tell you what, we have a traffic report coming up, right, Tanner? Okay, so coming up, too, we'll give you a heads up on some road closures because of the Little League parade. That's coming up with the Sports Animals on the Bobby Curran Show here on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> i try to find it i try to find a a team name for my fantasy football team like right now it's just uh, for some reason called seagull lover but i figure my quarterback is Dak prescott and so these are some names that i found on the interweb are you ready I'm ready dacurate passer Dak lives matter <laughs> documentary now documentary film Wow. This is this is like someone on the mainland Dakine. Like the kind Dakine. Mm. I like it. Anyway, I'll give uh, you top one. Th- okay, daxed away. way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. <laughs> All right, we got some road closures today in the midday if you're out and about around town. The uh Little League, Honolulu Little League parade is going through downtown Honolulu. Now it starts at noon and it runs from Ala Park to Honolulu Halle. so they're going to close lanes in front of uh, Ala Park about 9:45 this morning. That's why wow, you got to get there really early if you have a vehicle. The ESPN Honolulu uh, Big Van will be in the parade. Oh. I mean, that's worth the price of admission in itself. Uh, anyway, so uh, starting at 9:45, uh, it's going to be messed up around Ala Park. At 11 o'clock, they're going to close King Street from, Dillingham Boulevard, from the, uh, Dillingham Boulevard and Liliha Street intersection. So 11 o'clock, they're going to start closing it there. Now, as the parade progresses, at noon through King Street, uh, they're going to be closing the cross streets progressively. So, uh, you know, here comes the parade, here comes the band, the marching band. They're going to close the cross street. As the parade goes through, they'll open it up again. But if you're going to be in the area... Uh, and you're stuck in traffic. That is the reason why. But if you're not going to be in the area, maybe you go. You head downtown, and uh, you uh, root on because it's not only the Honolulu Little League World Series teams. I believe they're going to have what is it? The 2018 team. They're going to have some softball teams. They're going to have. They're going to honor a lot of youth sports teams in this parade, and they'll have marching bands and just kind of fun. Oh, it's great. It's great. I,
1: You know, just watching the kids at the football game the other day on Saturday at UH, you know, a lot of people asking for pictures. I don't know if they signed autographs, but a lot of picture taking, and uh, they, were, they were big men on campus on Saturday at UH, and rightfully so.
0: Yeah. All right. And uh, all right, our top stories today, of course, the Rainbow Wahine get back on the floor. They face USC at the Stan Sheriff Center tomorrow and Saturday. It's the last uh, competition they'll have before the um, regular, uh, the uh, conference season starts.
1: And you heard Nick Costello, the assistant coach, with us last hour saying they are kind of comparable to UCLA, maybe even a little taller. So we know UCLA presented some problems there, and USC was ranked before going 1-2 last week, both losses to
0: ranked teams. And the NFL season starts today. Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons take on the Saints. Tua Tonga-Vailoa and his Dolphins uh, take on the New England Patriots. This weekend.
1: Again, I think it's amazing that two guys from the same high school in this small little state are starting out of 32 quarterbacks in the world starting in the NFL. Two of them are from St. Louis, and that is great. Uh, I know Tua is favored with his team. Marcus is not, but uh, also Marcus against Winston. Uh, That's happened one and two in the Heisman. Not one and two in the Heisman, one and two in the draft several years ago. Both Heisman winners going up against each other. That's going to be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, man, we haven't, you know, we haven't compared those two in a long time, have yeah. we? <laughs> the, the, the whole thing was a comparison. It's like Justin Herbert and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. A lot of good games. We can go over that later on this hour. Uh, coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to talk Rainbow Warrior football with Mark Venery who's in Michigan now. But Commissioner Brent Yormack from the Big 12 is uh, talking about their expansive. They say, obviously, we're going to go out west. So who would fit? As a new Big Twelve member, okay, so we already have BYU and who else joining the Big Twelve? Houston,
1: Cincinnati, and Um, Tanner will help me with the fourth team. BYU, Houston,
0: oh Central Florida, oh Central Florida, Central Florida. Okay, so they're gonna, so they're, so man, this is this is just crazy. The, the, The the every conference is going to now try and copy the other conferences in front of them and have <laughs> have teams on the west coast the east coast and everything in between what i don't
1: i mean i understand but what what i what i'm curious about mainly with this is now that you're going to have a 12 team playoff The Big 12 has a decent opportunity to get into the playoffs, with it being 12 teams. Top six get that automatic, so to speak. Why would you want to expand and have more teams in your conference and have to share the pot? You're already going to have a better opportunity to get in the playoffs, so the Pac-12 and the Big 12, even the ACC
0: to a certain extent, I don't think you have to expand. It's not about getting into the playoffs. It's not about any of this anymore. What is it about? Money. It's about money. This is We can get a bigger television contract with ESPN or Fox TV or yeah. all these guys where they have contracts coming up. They don't care about the kids. They don't. The presidents don't really care about winning unless it, they care about winning because it brings you more money. But they care only about money. Remember when the NCAA was like, uh, you yeah, know, we can't have playoffs. Kids can't miss school and all of that. We laughed and joked about it. And uh, it's gone total 180 from there. Yeah, yeah. Where it was used as somebody was out there looking out for the, the student athletes. Now, it was NIL. Everybody's on their own. It's the wild, wild west. And we're going to make, since you're going to get paid now, we as a university are going to get ten times as much money as you. I mean, Dabo Sweeney just signed a contract. Ten years, $115 million. Why can they pay him that much? Television contracts.
1: And that's a guy who's not really big on NILs. But it's okay for him to get $11.5 million because of these kids right. playing so well. But, you know, he doesn't want to get NILs and think it's ruined. He's one of those guys that says it kind of ruins the sport. You know, it's kind of contradicting himself or hypocritical, to say the, the least. It ruins the sport.
0: Only I, it ruins the sport. Only I should be the one making money.
1: Yeah, coaches are okay and everything, but why should the players yeah. benefit, especially when those players help uh, him get that contract? We all know that. Ah! But even, but even if the Big 12, let's say they get a team from the West Coast, whether it's say it's San Diego State for the Mountain West, or if you go to the Pac-12, let's just say it's a Colorado, as an example, a Utah, or I don't know about Stanford or Cal. Even in some of those bigger cities like the Bay Area. I mean, they obviously know. Would that get them a bigger TV contract? Maybe. But you get a lot of money and you get a lot of benefits by being in the playoffs. If you're in the playoffs every year, we know what it can do to a conference. That's why some of these conferences are getting what they're getting. You know, Alabama is the reason the SEC is getting a lot more in their TV contract. So I would think because of the playoffs expanding to what we will see in a couple of years, teams conferences would want to stand pat. I don't, know, I don't know why you'd want to expand when you have, a, again, a good chance of making that player to be hard for the Pac-12 and the Big 12 or harder for not having a team qualify. You know, that we we know it's going to be six automatic bids and they get a buy. Uh, you would think they're definitely going to be in that conversation being a conference champion. So that's kind of weird that we're hearing that. I mean, we heard a lot about it after the other news of USC and UCLA two months ago about the Big 12 and Pac-12. But hearing it now is a little surprising. I'm a little curious about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Mark Vineri coming up momentarily here on ESPN Honolulu. Let's switch. Uh, uh, we got a couple of sports shorts here. Are we going to do buy or sell today? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you forget? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Tanner! The Mommy so kind of Show presents <laughs> Buy or Sell.
2: Yeah, I've just been kind of waiting in the wings here. I didn't want to interrupt your guys' waiting for the queue. I didn't want to interrupt your guys's ever so important, you know, topics. Sport shorts. Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into buy or sell. Like you did mention, Dabo Sweeney just got inked to a ten-year, one hundred fifteen million dollar deal, joining the not-so-exclusive club of college coaches with ten-year, one hundred plus million dollar contracts. Meanwhile, Sean McVay and Les Need are also joining a very fun club of being the highest paid at their position in the NFL, For Sean McVay signed a four-year extension early this offseason, reportedly at $15 to $18 million, because no one has really ever put a concrete number on it, because all we know is, hey, he's going to be the highest paid NFL coach. Buy or sell. If you want the better chance for more money and more fame as a coach, become a college coach.
4: <laughs>
1: um, by the way, that's Tony Romo money that um, he's getting, I guess, Sean McVay. Uh, I'm going to sell that. I don't think you. I think you can get more money in either league if you're winning. If you're winning a Super Bowl, you're going to get Sean McVay money. I, you know that's the reason he's the new hot commodity, so to speak. And he's been kind of up there for a few years. If you're Nick Saban, you're going to get a lot of money in college because you're winning championships where you're in the mix every year. So I don't think it's one sport over the other necessarily. I just think it, it leads to who's more consistent. And if you're consi- consistently in the playoffs, you'll get more. So I think it could be either way. I'm selling.
0: I'm going to uh, buy that because there are a lot more college teams and a lot more opportunities for coaches to make uh, more than $10 million in college football where there's only 32 opportunities in the NFL. I'm buying it 100%. You are correct, Hayworth. buy Buy, buy, buy. or sell Sell, sell, sell.
2: you'll love this one gary but after the unfortunate news of jets tackle makai becton missing the season many of the few jets fans in the world were relieved knowing they had a replacement ready with free agent Dwayne brown who wouldn't necessarily replace him but be a solid starter but now the 20 million dollar man is expected to miss The first week after missing practices earlier this week and today due to a shoulder injury. Of course, this also does not include us talking about Zach Wilson's injury by yourself. Amid all of the injury woes, the Jets will lock down the first overall pick of this NFL draft. Um...
1: I'm going to buy that. I kind of hope that happens. And it's interesting how Robert Sala said that Zach Wilson's back um, if he's cleared by Wednesday. I mean, if he's good enough Wednesday, he's going to start on Sunday. Not only is he not starting on Sunday, he's out for four games. How did that go from almost being ready to play this week and now out for a month? I don't buy that. That was coach speak. It's just a curse on my teams. All these players are injured for the Jets. Max Scherz was on the DL for the Mets. Um, I'm used to this. I've seen this movie before, but uh, I am buying that the Jets are hopefully going to lock down that number one pick and get a real quarterback for a change.
0: I'm Is Josh Rosen sell.
1: still available?
0: I, uh, he's on somebody's practice, Cleveland's practice squad. I'm going to um, I'm going to sell that because I think and I like Justin Fields. He was my favorite quarterback coming out of college at that time. Uh, I'm going to say the Chicago Bears are going to be much worse than the New York Jets. So the first pick is going to go to the Chicago Bears. I am selling it. Buy, 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 buy. or sell.
2: Sell, sell, sell. And finally, as Don the NFL... Maynard
0: is not walking through that door. I'm sorry, Tanner. Go ahead.
2: All good. And as the NFL starts, both Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are, are let's be real, are going to be some of the best quarterbacks to play the game. We know that. But most quarterbacks mm-hmm. do need wide receivers to throw to. Unfortunately yeah. for both, both lost... Almost all of their respective receiving cores this offseason, as both teams tried to sign veteran free agents and drafting young guys to hopefully develop into stars as the years go on for these quarterbacks. Buy or sell, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers will not see a major drop in production this season.
0: I thought you were going to say uh, not many quarterbacks appear on State Farm commercials together, Aaron Rodgers. and anyway, That's ahead, a Gary. tough one
1: because how do you define a major drop? I think both of them will, will be dealt a drop. They're not going to have the same number of yards or touchdowns that they might have had with Devonte adams and tyreek hill i don't think kansas city lost a whole bunch of receivers like green bay did and you have sky Moore and you have one of the green bay receivers valdez scantling in kansas city now but i think both guys will have a drop off so i'm not i don't think it's going to be major for either i think both are good enough where they'll be good but i think there will be some kind of a drop off so i'm selling because i think it'll be a minor drop off
0: i am going to what was the question again
2: Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers will not see a major drop in production.
0: I, 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 uh, I'm I, going to buy that. I don't think there's a major drop in production. When the Tyreek Hill, obviously, is what we're talking about with Kansas City. With Tyreek Hill gone in the games he was gone, I heard this stat yesterday, uh, you still had um, good games from Patrick Mahomes. When he was gone, you always had a different receiver who led the team that game in receptions so what that translates into is that the Patrick Mahomes doesn't need Tyreek Hill because you have Nicole Hardman who's now coming up as the uh the veteran on the team you've got weapons and maybe because Patrick Mahomes is so good he makes an ordinary receiver great Aaron Rodgers um still has a running game and he might not have Devontae Adams I, I wonder about that a little bit, but then again, this is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the league, so I'm going to buy they'll be okay, or sell they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. Buy buy, buy, buy. or sell. Sell, sell, sell.
2: And that was today's buy or sell on ESPN on Ululu.
0: I'm glad we uh, remembered to do that. Thank you, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> was, by Kansas City, also
1: has Juju Smith-Schuster, another receiver that they picked up, should be pretty good. I'm too. not
0: totally sold. He's, he's, he's okay. He's he's never been as good as his rookie year, has he? You no, know, he hasn't. But
1: now he's got Mahomes throwing. I think we'll see. We'll see. We don't no guarantee. Yeah. I think he'll have a much better season
0: just number wise. Yeah. And you know what? And that could be partially not on Juju. That could be partially on Big Ben, but mm. it could be on Juju Smith Schuster. Who, who knows? Yeah. But you know, I don't want to. He's a good. He's one of the good guys yes. in the NFL. Yeah. Juju Smith Schuster. So I root for the guy anyway. But you know Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. He's getting—he's not a young guy anymore. Uh, Travis Kelsey is, by the way. And if people are going to double team him or you know whatever they do, they got You got to keep an eye on. Maybe everyone just plays them zone. Uh, but Travis Kelsey is like Gronk. He can yeah. just sit in little spots in the zone and just you get picked apart. But you got Valdez,
1: Scantling, Sky Moore, Hardman, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Those are four decent receivers, at least. Sky Moore we don't know a- about, but we hear he's going to be really right. good.
0: Right. That's why we can't, we can't bring up Sky Moore. He's never played, right? No, but we bring up some rookies. But the projections are, I mean, there's no, Somebody course, like there's no guarantee. Somebody like Chris Olave, yeah, because he's Chris Olave, and you've seen him. I I, I don't know how good much point. have you seen of Sky Moore. And not just the highlights.
1: The, the the highlights were real That's a good point he hasn't played but i mean you still have Thank some you. other and he's not going to be their first guy you know you should the have guys. quit
0: it that's a good point just that's a good point chris <laughs> you're right <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right it's a uh, chris hart and gary dickman with the sports animals this is the bobby curran show on espn honolulu mark Finery, our uh football analyst joins us coming up next hey remember now we got the wahine on the rise celebration it continues It started with a a day of giving, the 50th anniversary of Title IX, and now it's UH's Field Day. Uh, I'm going to be there with all of the ladies, the Rainbow Wahine teams, and and you, hopefully. We're going to have loads of fun with different activities, not just for Keiki, but for parents as well, at T.C. Ching Field this Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m., absolutely free. There's no admission charge. Get this. The first 500 kids will get a free T-shirt. HDS, the Hawaii Dental Service, has given away 500 mouth guards. Because you don't just use those for football. You use those in all kinds of sports. Uh, Keiki and parents, if you fill out, they have a little stamp card. Every station you go to, get a stamp on your stamp card. And you will get uh, a ticket to the Rainbow Wahine Volleyball against USC Saturday night for free. They've got 1,000 tickets So it's only while supplies last. We'll have a live DJ, hot dogs, and snacks for sale, too. It's a field day, once again, at T.C. Ching Field, Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. This is ESPN Honolulu, UH Football Talk, next. Good morning this is the bobby Curry show with the sports animals on espn honolulu thank you for listening as we get ready for a, a big weekend in sports the rainbow wahine hitting the TerraFlex tomorrow the rainbow warriors are yeah, headed into the big house at michigan mark venary is there our uh, uh football analyst good morning sir <laughs> good morning slash good afternoon you guys <laughs> are you in are you in Michigan? Uh, there's a bunch of people in from Hawaii and New York. Are you in Michigan? Where are you? I'm in, in Michigan. Beautiful Michigan. <laughs> All right. Well, say hi to Steve. Say hi to ex sports animal Steve Murray if you get a chance. Yeah.
4: Yes, I will. I, I will do that.
1: Sure. Hey, Mark, uh, the big news, I guess, coming out yesterday afternoon, I mean, reasons why, but Joey Yellen will be the starting quarterback against Michigan. Braden Shager with an undisclosed injury. Uh, Cam Cooper didn't even go on the trip. He's got some kind of ailment. What were your thoughts when you heard that? Did you hear anything about Shager getting hurt during the game at all on Saturday?
4: No, I, I actually didn't. And, you know, when I, I was um, – we got the charter on the flight as uh, me and John were with the team. But, um, Sugar was on the trip uh you know we obviously we don't want to go stripping around too much and giving it giving a being a little bit uh, nosy, but for the most part, it was a little surprise to us um they do feel you know Joey can and still do some things uh Brayden will be available um it just won't start. Uh, just from what I was, uh, what I'm understood, Marnie Eden, uh, Marty Eden will be have an opportunity to be a backup, and Jake Farrell as well. Yeah, I
1: read. I think maybe Stephen Sy reported that Farrell will be the backup, which I thought was interesting on this trip. But uh, your thoughts on Joey Allen getting the starting nod after not really getting a lot of opportunities in the first two games?
4: I mean, I think at this point, you know, we're the University of Hawaii is still looking for an offensive identity. I mean, yes, we're three mm. games in, about to be three games in. I still think we're looking for what best fits, you know, us offensively, whether it be via the ground game or via the passing, um, passing game. But right now, if, um, you know, Braden's not able to go at, at full steam, then, you know, Joey has to be the guy. I, I mean, at this point, you know, I think it tells us um, with Armani Eating and Jake Farrell coming up and making the trip and taking four quarterbacks on this trip, it's telling us that there may be opportunities for, you know, Jake Farrell and Armani Eating to play. But as of right now, um, you know, we, we've got to get up there and support Joey Yellen at, at the quarterback position. I think, you know, there's times of bright flashes of him being uh, an exceptional quarterback, and there's times where the decision-making – it's just not on the same not on the same page as everyone else. But I think it boils down to how well Ian Shoemaker can call an offense that best fits his personnel and the personnel of whether it be Raiden Shager, whether it be Joey Yellen, Armani Eden, who may be the running quarterback. But him making a, making the trip as you know, who's the original scout guy, tells you that there might be some changes maybe in the future. Um, but so far, you know, it's about finding that offense identity and. No, I I, I guess for the time being, you know, Joe yellen has got to be the guy. Given the injury situation, we gotta gotta ride with him moving forward.
0: Mark Vineri joining the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. I I just thought of something. At least uh, if we have a running quarterback, we won't throw five
4: interceptions. (laughs) Oh my goodness! (laughs) Right? You know what? There's no argument there with you. You know, I think that's (laughs) I think that's frustrating. You know, uh, I think the frustrating part is. I would say three out of the five interceptions uh, combined on both for both quarterbacks were ill-advised throws, throws that they'd probably take back. Three of, them, three of them really just stood out to bad decisions. Two of them were tips, were freakish plays. But those are, you know, interceptions are, are, are a lot of times things that you can correct because of the fact that you made a mental error as a quarterback to make a bad throw, an errand throw. But some of the, the the errant interceptions were just ill advised, inexcusable, you know, mistakes that, you know, uh, you hope they clean up against the number four ranked team in the country come Saturday.
0: Right. It's a process. We have to understand this is a this is a total all out rebuild. This is probably the biggest rebuild that we've had to do since I don't know since uh, they came back uh, playing sports after the war. I mean, this is a huge rebuild we have to be patient but what's the you're with the team often you you just go to the film sessions and and you're on the plane with the team what's the mood are they down are they are they uh, hopeful what's what's the mood here
4: you know honestly i you know a lot of these guys are very very ho- hopeful and very very uh, there's just such a sense of pride from them because a lot of them you, know, you build a relationship as an analyst and Talking with them and being around them, they're also great community guys. They come out and mm. go on the community and help a lot of uh, a lot of football teams out there, youth programs. And you know, for me, when I see them, I we're on the plane with them, you know, headed obviously here to Michigan. And a lot of them have nothing but great things to say. Coach Chef, all the coaches walking around. If some of the kids can't sleep because obviously the coaches are still doing some film study. There's teaching. There's Coach Sheffield. You know, breaking down fields, and he's standing up and running in between the aisles and showing them what Mm. what they need to be doing. You have Coach Abe and like some of the other coaches walking around. There's a sense of, and these kids are bought into it. That's the thing. They're bought into what the culture and what they're trying to build for the future. And we gotta, like you said, Chris, we gotta understand. And this is just more the fan talking now. That Uh it is a process, and, and it is something we gotta we got to sit back and say, hey, we lost 25 25 kids that were on scholarship, including Darius Mouassau, Corey Bethley, Shevin Mm -hmm. Cordero, Nick Marner, who had an exceptional game for Cincinnati, a nationally ranked team, uh, uh, Jonah Lawulu, who's playing for Oklahoma defensive end. I mean, these are kids that, you know, you say if they're here this season, who knows what could have happened. But for the time being, we're in another with a new regime. I support Coach Timmy, uh Coach Timmy Chang and um I think the kids bought into that as well. So I'm okay with the process and as long as I see improvement from week to week and we start, you know, improving in you know, both the off like offensive side and defensive side. Mm. I think we've improved on the defensive side personally this past week. On the yes. offensive side yes. we've gotta get better we got to get back. Uh-huh. I think everyone yeah. knows and, that.
0: And that all starts with a running quarterback
4: I'm just joking. <laughs> but hey,
0: you know what? Have a hey, have a great time as a broadcaster. It must be going to be unreal broadcasting uh from the big house in Michigan. Uh great to have you on today and uh safe travels back, okay, Mark? Thanks, Mark.
4: I no, I appreciate it, guys. Well, I'm I'm excited for the opportunity. So, thank
0: you guys. Right on you, the man. Mark Venneri uh, part of uh, the Veneri Brothers. Does that make sense? It sounds like a shipping company. Part of the Venere Brothers. Stick it on the on the on the barge. The Veneri Brothers will get it there to you. Anyway, <laughs> he's our UH football analyst. Also a uh, high school play-by-play guy here on ESPN Honolulu. It's seven thirty one. We got a surf check coming up next. And uh more on uh Hawaii and Michigan on the way on ESPN Honolulu. Ninety two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. Oh, you
2: see a mine. And I believe you every single time, even though they say it's
5: not my kind. I just can't believe
0: you lie. Oh, what is Katamaduli's daughter's name? She's all over TV, she's a big star. I I saw her doing a a show on the red carpet I caught the other day. It was probably a rerun from something. But they had a salute to Kalapana. And uh, it had guys like Kelly Boy was singing a Kalapana song. Uh, I think it was Josh Tatofi or somebody. They had a bunch of people. uh, They were interviewing, uh, talking about their favorite Kalapana songs. It was really good. I don't know if it was on K5 or or what it was on. But anyway, it kind of reminds me of that. Um, Hawaii is uh, facing uh, Michigan on the road. Uh, coming up this Saturday. Now, the pregame show starts at 12 noon here on ESPN Honolulu. At 2 o'clock, we will got tick, uh, kickoff. And, as I say, tick off. You get ticked off at 2.05. <laughs> no. But uh, Josh Pacheco and Arturo Martinez, you can join them down and uh, check out the game at Big City Diner in YPO if you want to catch the game with the guys. And we're getting some text. This is uh, regarding this is... The UH football players, here's a text. <laughs> this is bad. The UH football players are having the same feelings as the soldiers of the Seventh Cavalry, being led by General Custer on the eve of their battle at Little Bighorn. I don't think they're looking at it like that. You know, you got to look at it is, if I'm a football player, I'm thinking this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, It's uh, you know, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like us type of deal. I'm going to go up there, and something spectacular might happen. Maybe we don't win the game, but maybe, uh, you know, I'll bring it up again. Maybe it's uh, Wes Kali'ikipi stiff-arming that guy uh, from USC as you do a little uh, uh, run around the outside and the flat. Remember that? That was unbelievable. You know, maybe there's some moments that you can capture that you'll treasure for the rest of your life. Playing in front of, even though it's not your crowd, playing in front of 100,000 fans. How often are you going to get that as a college football player from a group of five conference? They well, have, these are those situations that are going to be memories forever.
1: They've got nothing to lose, so they're expected to lose yeah. by 50. So if they lose by 50, okay, well, nobody can really criticize them because that's you what know, they were saying going in. You think
0: they, the players are expecting to lose by no,
1: 50? No, no, I'm, I'm talking about from their perspective. They've, they've got no you pressure said on their them. Well, right, from their perspective, their from their perspective, they're not going, hey, we're going to lose by 50. No, I didn't say they're, they're looking you at it. You just said bad. that. Let me, let me explain it. So, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> they're expected to lose by 50. They know they're huge underdog. They're They've got yes. nothing to lose. If they lose, they lose. And again, nobody's expecting anything else. If they even are competitive and keep it close, well, that's a bonus right there. There's no pressure on them. That's not the point I'm making about the players, where if you're playing, you know, Western Kentucky and Vanderbilt or Duquesne next week, there's a little bit of pressure. These are games that are winnable going into it. Anything that you get out of this as a positive is a big bonus because, again, last time, what was it, like 67-3 to or 64-3, to whatever it was, doesn't mean it will be the same. But Colorado State lost, what, 51-7 last week. They got sacked seven times. It's supposed to be lopsided. It should be an unbelievable environment. I know the players say once the game start, they don't get caught up in any of that, which is smart. But uh, they, they've got no pressure on them, which I think is one way to approach this game. Maybe we'll see a player or two emerge, whether it's Joey Allen or another one of the receivers or running backs, and really show that they can really use them moving ahead for the rest of the season. So, you know, I, I mean... when. Upsets do happen. Appalachian State did happen. It doesn't happen very often with odds like this, but it's possible. You don't just say, "Well, don't, don't even show up," because it's you know it's never going to happen. And every now every now and then it does. You get the most unbelievable upset. And even if you don't, there are some positives. Maybe they can take away. Maybe some moral yeah. victories as well.
0: Well, and and that's what we're talking about. But it might morale. be, hey, you know what? Our our what? It's like kind of like like
1: morale victory,
0: you know. For the morale, they, I don't, go, go ahead. A moral, a morale victory? Yeah. What's a morale victory? Well, just never mind. Okay, <laughs> sorry, you just threw me off there. There's um, if we see, say, us moving the ball, we throw five interceptions against Western Kentucky. Was it five interceptions or yes. four interceptions? Yes. Five interceptions. Five, six overall. You have six. You know what? If we have three turnovers that will be an improvement for our offense, right? right. yes. If our leading tacklers are a linebacker instead of a defensive back, that's a step forward. Um, I don't imagine that Michigan is going to be playing a lot of their starters in the second half. So we might be able to be more of an even matchup, Um, still outmatched, but but not as bad as if the starters are, are playing. Michigan is trying to figure out who their quarterback should be. So we're going to see a bunch of different quarterbacks. That makes it a little hard on defensive planning. Well, you know, J.J.
1: McCarthy's going to start. He actually had a really good yep. game by all the reports from last week. He was only in on 11 snaps. He,
0: yeah, he didn't play much, though. But
1: he, but he was 4 for 4 for 30 yards, had three rushes for 50 yards. And they're saying he runs like a 4-4-4-5. Four, 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 uh, and it,
0: reports, yeah. we have
1: Brandon Brown from Wolverine Digest on next hour who said that Cade McNamara did not look good last week at all.
0: But he played the majority of the game because I thought Cade McNamara, what they said going into – Michigan last week was Cade McNamara was going to play game one, and JJ McNamara was going to play game two against J.J. Hawaii. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy, sorry, but they it was those guys that um, th- that was how it was supposed to be. But they played actually three quarterbacks. Well, they had such a big lead. You you have these two guys. You've seen enough, I guess. You don't want to get anybody hurt, and that's why I say that we're going to see probably a lot of uh, you know a lot of the starters out. By the time the second half comes along.
1: Right. And McNamara, he only threw for like 50% completion. He had like, hundred. I think it was 136 yards, something like that. One touchdown pass. Yeah. That was a Roman Wilson.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I mean, and they are. I mean, we know they're the better team on paper. These games are for money. You said it yesterday. I mean, t- nobody should be under the impression that Hawaii is scheduling this game, thinking they're going to win. They can hope it, and they're not doing it to help their RPI or strength of schedule. Might help in recruiting every now and then when you're playing teams like this. And on the future schedules, you got Oregon mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of times, Stanford. You also have New Mexico State almost every year. But the money helps. You got to play these games. And it helps the program. And 1.9 right. million is really going to help.
0: Yeah, and it's not helping just the program. It's helping all of University of Hawaii sports. The, you, you have a, a seating capacity of 9,000 at home. you got to make up that money somewhere. I'm surprised right. we don't have two of these games. Well, I mean, they set them up so much in advance that, I mean, I looked at the
1: future schedule. Like I said, we go to Oregon next year. Uh, we got um, Vanderbilt on the road, but you also have, again, Stanford coming in. Uh, I think it's a three-game series. Oregon, I think, is three. A few other teams. You have the Albany's coming in, the FCS schools. And, uh, again, New Mexico State is, I think, on every schedule except for one over, like, the next six years, every year coming in.
0: Well, I'd rather play New Mexico State than Duquesne.
1: I yeah, mean, not yeah. That,
0: I'm not, not them putting down Duquesne. Is what I'm saying is I guess I'd rather f- face an FBS team um, – that's FBS by name, but plays like an FCS team. Than an FC, than a, I'd rather face them than South Dakota State. Yeah, I'd rather face New Mexico State than North Dakota State or South Dakota State, or is it North Dakota? I can't remember. I'm looking at our um, I'm looking at our schedule next year, and you mentioned we play Stanford, and we play Vanderbilt on the road. Is that one of those games where Vanderbilts? They're not going to give us one point nine million dollars. I guess that what they gave us is a home-and-home. Home. Well, they, they'll, give you, they'll give you money. I would
1: imagine it's over a million. You're still going on the road to an SEC school. So, yeah, I bet it would be over a million. That's like the going rate nowadays. So I don't know exactly right. what it is. I haven't heard. But I would imagine it's going to be 1 to 1. 1.5 at least. Really? Because you're going to oh, a stadium cool. that's it's an SEC school that's probably, I don't know. I, again, they're not Alabama. They're not Michigan where they're going to get 100,000 seats sold. Uh-huh. But so okay. that's why the price might be a little less than 1.9. But I would imagine it's got to be at least a million.
0: So if we go to Stanford, they're going to pay us too, but not like that much because it's not that much of a that far a trip. Well, maybe because I, mean, I, can, I remember when Rolo played UCLA where
1: the previous regime set it up, meaning Ben J, they got 550,000, and Rolo wanted that game bought out because that's not the going rate anymore. So even that was that was UCLA five, six years ago. So I think the going rate is pretty much a million for almost anybody. There was a school, I think we mentioned it the other day, like La Tech, uh, they're going like, a hundred a couple hundred miles away and they're getting like almost a million dollars. So it's just it's just how college sports college football is they're basketball. A hundred miles away? It might have been a couple hundred. It wasn't that far at all. You we even wow. joked that it could be a bus ride. And I have the dollar uh, amounts right here. It is um, oh. Louisiana Monroe at Alabama. They're getting one point nine two million. Now I don't awesome. it might be more than a hundred miles, but it's not it's not like a thousand mile trip. Yeah.
0: It's to pay their doctor bills after the game. <laughs> yeah,
1: is what probably, that's for. Yeah, right.
0: Okay, so next year, this is kind of, this is a good um, preseason schedule. You have Vandy, you've got uh, Stanford at home. Oh, I said I was thinking Stanford was on the road. That's why I said that stupid comment. So you're you're going to you're going to Tennessee, you're going to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. Then you come home. You got Stanford at home, and then okay, what's the correct way to say it? Albany, 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 yeah. Albany at home because that's your Duquesne game, right? Yep, yep. Then you go on the road and play Oregon on the road. Play Oregon. That's a, it's a, you know what? We should make some money next year, I would think. Yeah, if nothing else. <laughs> it's yeah. sad that that's the way we're looking at it. How much money can we make in 2023? Well, let's look at 2024. How much money can we make in 2024? I will uh, tell you that in uh, just a moment as I uh, refresh here. But um, I wouldn't mind playing Vanderbilt, uh, you know, pretty regularly.
1: Yeah, if they get this good money. I remember um, the late Dick Tomey told us f- several years ago that when he was at San Jose State, he scheduled these games. And it, I think back-to-back weeks, it was Alabama and Ohio State. It was the same season. And he mentioned the dollar amount. It was like 1.2 and right around there for both games. But he said their budget kind of state it showed that they needed this money so for the for the state of the program they had to schedule these games and a lot of schools do it they're not expecting to win i mean western kentucky has auburn coming up later on this year it's 1.9 million for them kent state is at georgia 1.9 million they're, not, they're scheduling these games for the same reason hawaii is they need the money for their program
0: okay so this is a young program total rebuild 51 or 53 new players whatever it is so in two years we should hopefully be on the path to rebuilding this program right yes so in two years our non-conference schedule starts on week zero with oregon at home now we still won't have our stadium right of probably not. not no <laughs> then the very next week at home we play ucla oh oregon and ucla at home get your tickets now and then we have sam houston state northern iowa and new mexico state but man what a start to the season you're, you're, you're hopefully moving upwards. You're getting better. Coaches are getting more experience. Maybe you have a different quarterback transfer in, or or uh, Sangapolo Telly is seasoned and ready to go, right? Yeah. And you got Oregon and UCLA at home to start it off. Love it. Man, I love I'm I'm stoked, man. Look, it's a rebuilding year, but I'm still so stoked about Rainbow Warrior football. I can't wait for the game. Now, um, you know, we're going to see a lot of things that are going to be painful to watch, but I'm just hoping for those little nuggets here and there where we go, oh, remember that part of the game?
1: Yeah, some positives taken away from this game will be, I think, something you'd look forward to. I mean, it would be great, again, if you can be competitive and pull off the miracle upset, great. But even if you can be competitive, I think this is one of those games where that's okay to think that way, as opposed to maybe Western Kentucky and just thinking about positives, and that's it. Against Michigan, will take the positives.
0: All right, uh, coming up here on ESPN Honolulu, uh, we'll go to your text at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty on the Zephyr Insurance text line. On this day, you know what today is? Shout out to my man Billy V. Today is Star Trek Day, and if you know Billy V., you know that he is the world's biggest Star Trek fan. Billy V. to Star Trek is like John Veneri to Star Wars. Oh! Every Halloween he dresses up as Captain Kirk or Spock or somebody. I mean, I. I anyways, it's a. Uh, 56 years of since Star Trek began. The original started back in this day in 1966. And the pilot episode was The Man Trap. That was what it was called. I did not realize this, but did you know that Star Trek only ran for three seasons? I read recently
1: it wasn't that long. I thought it was longer, actually. It
0: was only three seasons, but we watched reruns growing up. Throughout the seventies, right?
1: And I watched that a lot, yeah.
0: And and it it it, evolved, it spawned eleven other shows. Really. And thirteen movies, thirteen Star Trek movies. What other shows came from Star Trek? Battleship. I'm going uh, to text Billy V. He would know that. Is he still on the TV? I believe. I don't so. know I don't, what time they end over there. Uh, eight or I'm gonna, nine? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm going to find out that answer by nine o'clock. Anyway, hey, uh, check it out. Arnold Martinez and Josh Pacheco are going to broadcast uh, Countdown to Kickoff this Saturday at noon at Big City Diner. You can go on down and enjoy some great Big City Diner poo-poo. Also, Mega Modelo's 25-ounce Modelo drafts for $7. dollars uh, they got prizes they're giving away, too, thanks to Paradise Beverages, Modelo, Diotani Produce, and Coca-Cola. morning zephyr insurance text line is at 808-296-1420 somebody texts in says gary j.j mccarthy 4.5 speed faster than mike wright four uh-oh. deep quarterback
1: uh-oh probably a bigger offensive line too
0: <laughs> which is pretty yeah. scary they're gonna this is going to be for these players they have never seen for the majority of these players i would think They have never seen anyone as big and as fast from position to position to position that they have ever seen before. Probably so. Yeah, it's going to be scary in itself. Hey, it's opportunity. Opportunity. Uh, Eddie texts in Battle of Little Bighorn. UH football is the unknown warrior in this battle. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Somebody said moral victory. And uh, thank you. Stuck on that. You got stuck on what? moral and morale.
1: That's why I said no e.
0: Oh. Ah, okay. Well, thank you very much for helping Gary at <laughs> 808-296-1420. I was looking at the UH schedule. We've got we have we have at least one non-conference opponent all the way through 2031. We play Oregon in 2031. I don't remember our schedule being planned out that far in advance before. That's pretty good.
1: We've had five, six years of most of the non-conference games, but to see it nine years from now, no, I don't think that's ever happened. I don't remember that. But I'm glad, and I think it's cool to have a lot of these Pac-12 schools that will definitely draw a fan, I think you'll get some money out of the road games, and uh, won't be as far of a trip, hopefully helping a little bit in recruiting as well.
0: All right. And uh, before we break, uh, this just in, the best and worst cities to retire in, huh? The uh, Wallet Hub has the uh, info for us. Over Overall... Charleston and South Carolina are the best for retiring in for affordability, quality of life, activities, and health care. Let's see. Bridgeport, Connecticut, the worst on the list. But if you are looking for the place with the most older people, you want to retire with old people, the most city with the most older people in the nation, Pearl City, Hawaii. Shout out to the 96782. There you go. If you're looking to retire, just move on over to Pearl City.
1: Pearl City is on those lists for a lot of things for some reason. Oh really? Yes, I I don't know why it's Pearl. It's always Pearl City. It's not Honolulu, it's not Waikiki. It's always Pearl City for almost everything they have a list for from that Wallet Hub, uh, the emails that we get. Oh, that's get.
0: interesting. Yeah, it I, is. Hey, top stories coming up next with the sports animals on the bobby curran show on espn honolulu now from the paxa studios in downtown honolulu the bobby curran show on espn honolulu good morning it's the bobby curran show with uh, gary dickman and chris hart and Tanner Hayworth is back at the controls of the PAXA studio in downtown Honolulu. And uh, Tanner, we were talking about road games for UH and college football, playing on the road in general. And Tanner Hayworth has the ultimate Pat Hill. Remember Fresno State's head coach? He's now a broadcaster. He has the ultimate Pat Hill quote. Go ahead.
2: So John Conzano from Oregon, he he's on a bunch of radio stations up there. He had asked Pat Hill why he agreed to play at Ohio State at Wisconsin at ucla at oregon and at usc among others to which pat hill shot back what are they gonna do eat you you see
0: that's the attitude you gotta have you're going up to the big house you're playing michigan what's the worst that can happen they're not gonna eat us my goodness all right before we get into uh, uh top stories today if you're driving around downtown uh, you've got the little league world series parade and they're going to be honoring of course the honolulu little league team and other teams uh, hopefully the, you would fit in the um the cal ripkin champions and all of those guys uh because i understand there are going to be other teams as well baseball and softball teams uh there'll be marching bands so basically it goes from ala park to honolulu Halle uh from 11 o'clock but they're going to start closing down lanes in front of Ala park about nine forty-five because they got to stage the parade vehicles they're going to be closing streets progressively uh as the parade passes by on side streets that intersect with king street does that make sense so at the, the side yeah. streets are going to close them off when the parade passes they'll open it up again as you work your way down to honolulu holly uh, the buses routes are going to be detoured, and there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, a, uh, maybe inconvenient for some people. But just, just know that from about ten o'clock to twelve o'clock, the only reason you want to be around King Street is to uh, line yourself on the parade route and root on the uh, our kids. Otherwise, if you're, you know, have appointments or something like that, see if you can make it after. After 12 noon, after the parade goes by, it might be a little messy. If we only have All right. the rail. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's not going to downtown anyway. All right. Uh, top stories today. It's the start of the NFL regular season. we got Thursday night football on CBS 1500 uh, tonight. And that game will feature... It'll feature Buffalo. A lot of people
1: picking to go to the Super Bowl against the defending Super Bowl champs. The L.A. Rams, somebody wrote on Twitter earlier, this is the first time in NFL history you'll have the defending champs, defending Super Bowl champs against the upcoming Super Bowl champs because everybody's picking Buffalo.
0: All right. The, uh, the, uh, so that uh, Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons. They take on New Orleans this weekend. The Dolphins with Tua Tonga-Vailoa take on New England, and uh, for what you were saying, Tua Tonga-Vailoa has never lost to the Patriots.
1: No, it's just kind of a cool, fun fact for Tua, and I think that will continue. He's going up against Mac Jones once again. Uh, I I think a lot of people are curious to see not only how Tua does, but also with Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Armstead on the offensive line, some new running backs. They should be a much-improved team. I guess one of the big questions is the head coach, Mike McDaniel, is he the right guy for the job? We'll find out starting
0: Sunday. And we really, this isn't any sports news, but it should be mentioned that uh, Queen Elizabeth has passed away. It was announced just a little while ago by Buckingham Palace. That's sad news.
1: Yeah, 96 years old. She was in public the other day, and people were pointing out how bad she looked, how frail she looked. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, at 96, she does pass away. And uh, Prince Charles will now be the king of the United Kingdom and the British Commonwealth.
0: Wow. She um, um, she has been the, she took over the throne in 1952, that's a long reign—the longest reign ever. 70 years, 70 years as the Queen of England, and uh, the country of England—they they must be mourning. Wasn't she really well loved? Yes, yes, big yeah. time. So. All right. So this is a kind of a sad day, a, a bittersweet day for folks. All right, six minutes after eight o'clock here on ESPN Honolulu. Our other top story is that Apple is unveiling their new iPhone. They're supposed to have this really good camera. Like forty-eight pixels or something, Megaplex like
1: that. or whatever—that's megapixels or whatever right. it is. Yeah, every year it's supposed to be better. And um, <laughs> so every year around this time, my battery starts going down a little bit more. I swear it happens every time there's a new iPad or an iPhone. The mm. battery starts going down a little quicker. I wonder I an, why.
0: I have an iPhone twelve, and you know what? I think my iPhone eleven was actually better. But the, it seems like the camera gets better yes, every yes. year. Yes. Yeah, now absolutely. in this, in this, this—what's kind of cool is in this iPhone. It, one of the things it has is it's um, it has an emergency satellite beacon if you're stranded out of cell phone range and in trouble. Yeah. That's really cool. That and is very cool.
1: I think the watch will actually indicate if you were in a car accident somehow as well, but mm. the phone is supposed to be better. And Also, they're not raising the prices for the first time ever, uh, which is nice of them. Well, it, they hey, said
0: this is the most expensive iPhone ever at $1,000. It's
1: the same as last year's one. It's the same price exactly across the board. Oh, okay.
0: All right. Um, all right. Let's get into it. We haven't talked Major League Baseball. We're getting uh, headed towards how many games left in the regular season?
1: 20 uh, something for most teams. And uh, we're, we are getting down to the home stretch, of course. And nobody's clinched a playoff spot. The Dodgers will probably do that pretty soon because of their big lead. But now you have the Yankees. Playing a little bit better than their losing streak a few weeks ago. They swept Minnesota in the doubleheader yesterday. How about Isaiah kiner falefa What a game he had. He had a grand slam in one of the games of the doubleheader in the 7-3 win. And in the other game, he he drove in the tying run in extra innings and scored the winning run. Uh, So he had a really good game. And, again, the New York media always praising Isaiah. Still that lead, though, over Tampa Bay is only five games. The American League, to me, and again to everybody, still has nine teams competing for six spots. Baltimore, on the outside, with four and a half, four and a half games out of the wild card. In the AL Central, you have Cleveland, Chicago, and Minnesota. Cleveland in first, Chicago, and Minnesota, two games out. I don't think either of them will make the wild card, but any one of them can win the division. Houston's already got the division tied up in uh-huh. the AL West. Seattle could be a wild card. Right now, they would be the third <laughs> wild card team. The How about the Mariners? Which is incredible. It's great for them. Really, really good for them. And I've seen this movie before as well. The Mets and another <laughs> September collapse. Okay.
0: Yeah. What is going on? What is going on with the New York Mets and the New York Yankees? They started for three quarters of the season, two thirds at least. They are just unbelievable, just powerhouses. And that is it injury. I mean, I, you mentioned Max Scherzer's on the IR or whatever. I mean, it, what, what's going on?
1: With the Yankees, I'll start with them first. Their hitting hasn't been great. They had John Gian- Carlos Stanton out for a while. He's been back. Uh, their but bullpen is out down. for a while. It has, it has, it's happened. Yeah, uh, their bullpen has let them down. The starting pitching. They made the trade. They got Jordan Montgomery to St. Louis, and he was like five and zero with an ERA of like one. That trade didn't work out. They got the Oakland starter, uh, His name escapes me. He's been pretty bad, except for one start. Chapman's not the same closer. Clay Holmes was an All Star. He has struggled and hurt. He is back. Back, but the bats are starting to come around a little bit now. Uh, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa, for what he said, he's hit three homers in the last like week and a half. And he hit his first uh, two at Yankee Stadium. So that was pretty cool to see as well. Uh, for the Mets, it's a combination of things. I mean, they got Jacob DeGrom back, who's 5-1 and one with an ERA of about 1.7. This is a great stretch for him, but Max Scherzer on the DL, and as great as it was when they signed him, they overpaid him at $43.5 million a year. He's Mm. 38, I believe, right now, and I don't think his arm can handle it. And he's got a couple of stints on the IR, and I'm hoping he'll be back for October. But the other thing is the Braves have been playing great. The Braves were down 10.5 games to the Mets about – late July, and they tied the Mets, yes, two days ago. The Mets had a doubleheader yesterday, so they got a half-game lead. The Mets had a a stretch of 16 games in a row against teams under 500. They beat the Dodgers two out of three, best record in baseball. They turned around and played Washington, the worst team in baseball, at home and lost two out of three. So they've Mm -hmm. got to take advantage of the weak schedule they have. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Cardinals and Brewers also battling. Brewers, though, nine and a half games out. Of first place. So I think the Cardinals are going to win that division. The wild cards in the NL right now would be Atlanta, Philadelphia, and San Diego. Milwaukee would not make the playoffs. They're four games out of the wild card. So hopefully they'll straighten that out and Colton Wong can get back in. But you're right, it yeah. is getting down to the end. Uh, basically, everybody's played about 137, 38 games. They've got about 24 games left, give or take one or two.
0: But they are really, you know, besides the Braves and the Mets, I mean, a lot of these divisions are won already, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, Well, yeah. I mean, the Yankees got a lot close. Well, the AL Central's really close. Two game lead for Cleveland.
0: That's true. That's true. The Yankees
1: had a big lead as well, and Tampa Bay won two out of three last week. Judge, Aaron Judge, of course, saved them in the one loss, the one win on Sunday. He's been going crazy with 55 homers now, probably going to get over 60. Uh, But Tampa plays the Yankees three games in a row this weekend at Yankee Stadium.
0: Uh, Isaiah uh, uh, Falefa, what a season he's had! You know, from where he started, right? He started off pretty slow, at least offensively, yeah, yep, yep. for the New York Yankees, and where he's become like a fan favorite. I mean, it's tough. He's a shortstop, right? And he, and you, you you know, there's still memories of Derek Jeter. I mean, even though he didn't take over right after Jeter left, I mean, you know, people are still thinking, you know. He's probably comparing to Derek, Derek Jeter a little bit. He's won a
1: gold glove with Texas, so he is that good of a defensive shortstop. Now, the last couple of games he had to move to third base. They've had some injuries, and he didn't miss a beat. Uh, they've been raving about him. You're right. He's hitting two sixty seven, which isn't bad. He's also got forty. 40- uh, 41 RBIs now, and considering – 44, excuse me, after the second game. Considering he's batting like usually seventh or eighth in the lineup, that's not too mm-hmm. bad. But he's also, as you said, started off slow. So over the last two months, his bat has gotten a lot stronger. He's done a much better job. And, again, three homers after hitting none until late August. He's really turned it on. Again, the grand slam yesterday, and then driving in the tying and scoring the winning run, he's been great. They mentioned in the paper how he had an error the other night, but they said also last night in the doubleheader – spectacular plays at third base. Considering he hasn't played there in a while, it says a lot more about him.
0: You, you know, the – oh, he played at third base. For
1: the last two two or three games because of injury. Oh, Otherwise, he's a shortstop. Okay. Yeah, he's a shortstop. Right.
0: But they had to move okay. him. Man, hopefully, because Benny Agbayani was very popular in New York for his stay there, right? Yes. Hopefully, yes. Isaiah can, uh, can uh, kind of get that same love from uh, your New Yorkers. What happened to Josh Rojas? Remind me again. Josh
1: Rojas is on Arizona, and a couple of days ago he hit a, a leadoff home run. He's actually not that far away from being in the top ten and hitting. I don't think he has enough at-bats. He had an oblique injury to start the season, so he, he didn't come into the season. He didn't start his season until late May. Last night he went 0-2 with two walks, but he's still hitting 274. And he's on a bad team in Arizona, but he's done a really good job. He's got, I believe, 11 or 12 home runs after hitting one a few days ago. Uh, not doing too bad, though. And, again, he's not that. he was hitting two eighty three last week. Not yeah. that far out of the top ten. I believe it's like two ninety two with the tenth-leading batter in the NL right now.
0: Okay. I'm looking at their roster. Two eighty five in fact. I, I don't – oh, there he is, Josh Rojas. Uh, um, Josh Rojas. And um, I'm checking out. The uh, so 260 on the road, he's 261. Oh, what they're doing is they're giving me stats of his road stats because they're going to be playing at the Rockies. Oh, but uh, that's been a that's been a. You know what? Would you think that coming out of UH and I don't know where he was drafted. He wasn't drafted that high, was he?
1: Not that high. He I mean, I'm, I'm Houston, thinking.
0: Would think. you think that we'd be talking about one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball? I mean, no. you would think that would be Colton Wong or somebody, right? Right,
1: right. I, I, I mean, his defense was unbelievable, and I mentioned when he was playing. I re- literally jumped out of my seat at some of the plays he made at third base. He was unbelievable. Yeah. To me, that was his strength. He was a good hitter, but he was a great third baseman on the field, and he's doing a great job at the plate. I mean, all things considered, I think also it's got to be tough for him. He's moved around that lineup so many times. He's been a leadoff batter. He's hit second. Mm-hmm. He's hit third. He's hit seventh. He's hit eighth. He probably hit fifth, I think, at one point as well. When you're moved around the lineup that much, it makes it tougher to really get into a groove, so to speak. And he had been really successful. Again, the 10th batter in the NL right now is, um, I, th- I think it's Austin Riley of Atlanta at 285. Rojas is 11 points behind him. But three or four days ago, he was about five or six points out of it. I don't know if he has enough at bats, as I said. I think you have to um, average a certain amount. He missed like a month and a half, so he might not have enough to qualify. But all in all, a good year. Colton Wong been hitting home runs um he hit a game winning home run about a week ago i think he's up to 13 batting average is kind of dipping between 240 and 250 uh for the most part for colton wong though Uh
0: uh-huh colton wong how long how long has he been in the uh how long has he been uh in major league baseball it seems like wow a long time actually he started in 2013 he 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 got called up and he played in 32 games and in 2013, this is like his tenth year playing major league baseball. How time flies!
1: Yeah, that's amazing. did he? I think he played in the World Series against Victorino and the Red Sox, like in 14 or 15. I think it might have been one of those years. And you know, he's had playoff success. I mean, I, you know, without being biased again, there's you, nobody can tell me there's a better defensive second baseman in the National League than him. Last week on Center without Neil Everett, he had the top play of the day. How many times has he been featured in the top ten plays of the day for his defense? He makes it look so routine. And I see people on Twitter nationally raving about his defense. So, I mean, mean, even though he's not batting, you know, for average, you know, in the 240 range, he does so many other things, but defensively there's nobody better. And he's the main reason there, at least in the playoff. He's really, really consistent in the field and doing a better job at the plate of late with the power numbers.
0: Right, but nowadays if you're hitting 247, right – it's not like 247 uh, years ago. We're not, nobody's, if, if you're not batting 300, if you're batting like 271, they're like, hey, you're having a good year. Give that guy 10 million more dollars. Because everybody's just trying to hit home runs nowadays. By the way, the last couple of years for Colton Wong, he's hit, uh, in the last two years so far, the season's not over yet, and since he's been with Milwaukee, 26 home runs.
1: And he got injured last year. For and for him, that's a lot. Yeah, And he missed a, a good month of the season, I believe, last year. I went to see him play in New York, and he was out for the game. But he missed time. He also missed time this year, I think, twice on the uh, IR. So, I mean, you got to give him credit. You know, if you're hitting 30 homers a year and you're hitting 250, it's okay. When you're not doing that, it's not as much okay. But, again, he does so many other things. He's, he can steal bases. He can hit for power. And he's helped them win some games of late. So, he's done a really, really good job. And, again, nobody better in the field at second base than Colton Wong. Not at all. He's that I would, special. And I
0: would think. Too, you've been in the league ten years. There's your a leadership quality, maybe in the in the in the uh, locker room. There,
1: I would think so. And you hear you hear great things said about him. Everybody on the team, uh when you see fans talking about him, they really really praise Colton Wong. And I know he had a baby about. A, I think it was a year ago. I think he put on Instagram that it, she was a year old. So huh. I'm sure that helped. Well, he did. He- he well, his wife did. But they say that, you know, some athletes will say that puts things in perspective and they maybe focus uh-huh. a little bit more on a lot of things. And, you know, it makes makes them better all around as a person. So sure that includes baseball. That includes baseball as well. You
0: focus on what's truly important in life, I think, is what you're, the words you're looking for. It's 18 minutes after the hour. Got another traffic update coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. This is the Bobby Curran Show with Gary Dickman and Chris Hart. And we'd like to invite you to join us for really big road show number two it'll be at growler hawaii and kapahulu uh kanoa Leahy and josh pacheco uh gary dickman is going to be there i think i just found out i'm out of town so it's up to you boys uh check out the uh, lineup of all these guests live on location ezekiel lau legendary surfer uh uh coach uh, baseball coach rich hill uh if they had a hawaii basketball hall of fame alika smith would be in it he's gonna be there with other great special guests so it's thursday september 15th that's one week from today at 3 p.m and at growler hawaii they have uh, over 94 beers and seltzers on tap and on special heineken heineken light doseki's amber and lager so we see you at the really big road show number two from espn honolulu
1: last night I was
0: returning this show you heard there is brought to you in part by aloha kia and on this show you know a guy too chris hart gary dickman we got a very special guest let's talk let's find out a little bit more about the michigan wolverines right now from the wolverine digest pod on sports illustrated's channel on youtube and apple podcasts brandon brown hello brandon good morning and aloha
6: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. I forget. It's like, what, is like a six-hour difference?
1: It's, it's yes. 2.30 out here, man.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: You've already had lunch. That's right. That's right. Brandon, I'm not sure if you're as aware as the people here in Hawaii, but we already understand there's going to be a major upset in college football this Saturday, and over 100,000 fans might be disappointed. Uh, and I know that's a big long shot. Overall, your thoughts on the opponent this week, Hawaii coming in?
6: Yeah, I mean man. I mean, you look at that spread number and <laughs> try not I, mean, I to. don't, yeah, I know, man. And I, I don't know that much about Vanderbilt this year, but that, you know, that outcome, it's just, it just has the feel that it's going to be really, really out of hand possibly really, really early. I mean, I, I don't know how else it could go any different based on the little bit I have seen of Hawaii so far. I mean, they were like one of the first games of the year, obviously right in week zero. So I did watch them a little bit and it just, I'm thinking like, wow, that's gonna be I, I wondered what the spread was gonna be watching that one and it was it was a little higher than I even
1: thought. So yeah, you get into the fifties, that's 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 saying something. Right. You seem to enjoy yourself saying that comment about this game getting out of hand a little bit too much. But we understand that. We wanna find out a little bit more about the Michigan team and we'll start with the quarterback situation. Last week, as we knew it going in, Cade McNamara got the start, and you tweeted that you didn't think he was that good or that effective at all. We know J.J. McCarthy was going to start this game anyway, but it looked like in the 11 snaps he had last week, he was very effective both with his passing and with his feet.
6: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Cade, you know, from everything I was told, was given every opportunity to kind of get in a rhythm early. He missed several short throws right out of the gate, and then, they kind of reverted back to not having him do that much. I mean, that's kind of how it worked out last year, and it worked out really well. I mean, this is like the weird thing. Anytime you talk about being excited for what J.J. could do or how good he might be because he's a better athlete, has a stronger arm, people automatically assume that you're dogging Caden. Like, that's just not what it is. I mean, he was really good for the team that Michigan had last year, that defense, that running game. It needs to be a little different this year. JJ's a year older. It's clear that he's better with his feet. It's clear that he's got a stronger arm. And it's, it's time for him to get his shot. And I, I don't know that he's ever going to look back. It just doesn't feel like it, as you said. And he's four for four in the game on Saturday, 30 yards. That's, you know, not anything to write home about, but a career high in rushing yards with 50 on just three carries and a touchdown where he looked like the fastest player on the field. I mean, he just brings something to the field that Cade doesn't, and I think it's going to be on full display on Saturday.
1: Does he actually run a 4-4 four, four or a 4-5?
6: You know, I mean, if you go back to the, the, the Big Ten championship game last year where he hands the ball off to Blake Corum and then sprints out in front of everybody to lead block a little bit down the sideline, the 67-yard touchdown run against Iowa for Blake Corum, and number nine is out in front of everybody. putting the, you know he, did, he didn't do much He did a quarterback block. I'm not going to give him a ton of credit for the contact. Uh-huh. But, the, <laughs> but the wheels were on display, and, I mean, if he's – I believed 4-5, you know, when Jim Harbaugh said earlier in the week that a quarter, his quarterback is running into the 4-5s, and then J.J. kind of giggled and laughed about it this week during his availability and said it's more like a 4-4. Four four. I don't know if he's being a little <laughs> bit facetious, there, but, he, but he can run. I mean, there's no doubt about it that he can absolutely run, and his speed has gotten a lot, lot better since he got to Michigan. Wow. Brandon
1: Brown from Sports Illustrated, the publisher of the Wolverine Digest, joining us on ESPN Honolulu, talking about the big game at the big house on Saturday. Do you anticipate they're going to have any design? Or a lot, many design runs for um, McCarthy on Saturday.
6: Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, Michigan's entire scheme is centered around the, the zone concept. So when even when Cade's in there, the the you know the the way that it looks and the window dressing is the same. It looks like a zone read, but it's pretty much a give. It's pretty much a give every time Cade's in the game. When J.J.'s in there, it's a much more true read type of play. They leave the defensive end unblocked. They pull out. A, they pull a tight end around the backside to kick out. They do that play a lot. And J.J. just has a much higher propensity of keeping the ball, and he's way better at it. I mean, he's faster. He's a better athlete. He's shiftier. So it's not necessarily designed runs. It's just that they, have, they give him the liberty to keep it and pull it on those zone read concepts. And then if he does give it, oh, you just got to deal with Blake Coram and Donovan Edwards. So it's like, I mean, it's, it just adds an element to the running game that wasn't there with Cade McNamara last year or this year so far, and Michigan still was able to run the ball extremely well. Hassan Haskins is no longer there, but he scored 20 touchdowns last year, and they almost had 2,000-yard rushers. If Blake Corum doesn't tweak his ankle for two or three games, he goes over 1,000 yards too. So the running game is really effective. The offensive line is really good again, and when you've got J.J. in there, it just seems to open everything up, whether it's him keeping it or whether it's him giving it to one of those, those talented backs.
1: As far as the receivers go, Roman Wilson, former Hawaii yep. high school player, the same school as Timmy Chang and many other Hawaii players, St. Louis High, uh, he had a touchdown last week and a couple of catches for 65. Have you seen improvement in his game?
6: Yeah, he's just – he's so fun to watch, man. He's so fast. Uh, actually, it's funny. I spoke to him. The, Michigan did an NIL deal with the Michigan National Guard a, probably about a month, month and a half ago, and I spoke to Roman. and I said, hey, man, you know what's really cool uh, – uh, the Honolulu, Hawaii station out there, uh, ESPN station, has had me on a couple times, and they specifically asked me about you last time. He was like, "No way!" He's like, "I had no idea." So, I think that's pretty neat. He's he's making history. He is the first Michigan Wolverine to ever play against Hawaii, so that's that's pretty neat. I would anticipate him being, you know, as amped up as he's ever been. I'm sure JJ McCarthy is very aware. Of that scenario so i wouldn't be surprised if roman has a big day but he's he's just got great speed i mean he'll be one of the fastest players on the field no matter who they're playing and he showed that off last week i mean he caught a bubble screen behind the line of scrimmage and took it 61 yards for a touchdown like nothing so excited for him and obviously it's going to be a cool opportunity i'm sure he, he you guys would probably know this better than me he probably knows a dozen or more people on that hawaii team and so he's he's going to be ready to go for sure
0: you know i got a fun i got a fun fact for you that his older brother uh, was a receiver at Washington State. Gosh, I can't remember his name. But he played on a youth football team where the quarterback was um, Tua Tonga-Vailoa and mm-hmm. their running back was Mackenzie Milton. So <laughs> <that's> <laughs> small town.
1: Future stars, I guess. Uh, what Their offensive line at Michigan, what do they average, if you know? Uh, in terms of, in Size. terms of what? Size. Oh, offensive. okay. Yeah, yeah.
6: Um, I mean, they're all north of, let me see, go down the line. So Ryan Hayes, the starting left tackle, was out last week, and we haven't really got any word on whether he'll be back or not. His backup, Carson Barnhart, sprained his ankle last week and is out this week. So if, if, uh, if Hayes is out again, then they'll be down to kind of their third option at left tackle, which is like all Big Ten performer Trevor Keegan, who normally plays left guard, bumps out. So, I mean, they're, they're still in pretty good shape there, but they're all north of 310, 315 pounds. I think Trente Jones, the right tackle, is probably listed as the lightest player, and I think he's 312, but he's pretty athletic. Last year he would throw on the 80 jersey and be like a jumbo tight end, so he can really run and get out in space. So they've, they've got size all over that front line. Olu Otimi, Olu the transfer from Virginia, is projected as one of the top interior offensive linemen in the country, so they, as good as their offensive line was last year, it kind of feels like it's upgraded or better this year. They didn't dominate against Colorado State, so I'm interested to see what that looks like this week against Hawaii, but everybody has high hopes for that group. Again, I mentioned the running backs. I mean, they should be able to move the ball. and There's some big fellas up there, all of them, 6'5", 6'6", all of them both oh. of 3'10", 315 pounds. I mean, they're, they're big dudes for sure.
0: Okay, there's got to be a weakness. What is the weakness? Michigan's got to have a weakness. Please. I mean, the, Superman had kryptonite. What's Michigan's kryptonite? Well, I mean,
6: you know, the offense is pretty stacked. It's just about the scheme. I mean, that kind of seems to be the one thing where it's like, all right, you've got all these weapons on the outside. You've got a Roman Wilson. You've got a Ronnie Bell back and healthy. You've got a Cornelius Johnson who scored an 87-yarder last year in one of the non-conference games. You've got this potential All-American tight end in Eric All. You've got these running backs who can catch the ball extremely well, and they just don't throw it all that much. It's like last week they had – the leading receiver for Michigan last week had two catches and that like, so I, I, I don't know if that's a weakness because then oh all right, well, just hand the ball off and have both of your running backs go for 150 and two touchdowns. I mean, it's not really a weakness that you can do that, but there are a lot of weapons out there on the perimeter. And when you've got a guy like JJ who can open up the field and has a rocket arm and can do some stuff with his legs, we, everybody just wants to see him really open it up and take it to the next level because they went 12 and two last year but they weren't really a match for Georgia, and it was kind of because the, the offense felt a little limited. So everybody's waiting to see what it looks like with J.J. Are they going to open it up, or is it going to be vanilla, run, 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 because any quarterback can turn around and hand it off. So we're all really anxious to see that. I don't know if I would call that a weakness necessarily because the running game is really solid, but we all want to see what those weapons can, can truly do if this thing gets opened up a little bit
0: it doesn't sound like much of a weakness he was trying to be nice <laughs> right you know i'm looking at i'm looking at roman wilson so roman is a junior now is are, are there is there like uh scouts coming to practice is he a you know an nfl type guy it might be a stupid question but what's the deal with him well you know what it re- it really
6: kind of comes back to to what i just said i think i mean some of these guys just haven't had a ton of opportunities to showcase what they can do i mean He's one of the fastest players on the field, so I mean, he's gonna he's gonna test he's gonna test off the charts when it comes to his speed and quickness numbers. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but you don't have to be to play right. multiple receiver positions in the NFL. So I, I would think he's gonna get a look. I certainly think you know if he goes if he gets an invite to a combine at some point, you know whether it's you know the the pro day at Michigan or the actual NFL combine, he's gonna test well. He catches the ball really well. He's good in the open field. Jim Harbaugh doesn't play receivers if they can't block, so we know he can do that. I mean, I think he's got a pretty complete game, but again, it's like you know, you get one target or two targets a game, and you catch one of them for nine yards. I mean, what, what can you put on film, really? So it's 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 kind of one of those things that I just talked about where
2: right. they've
6: got all these weapons and they just haven't been able to really take them out and get them into the open, you know, on the open road yet. We saw it a couple of years ago with Donovan Peoples Jones. He was the number one wide receiver in the country, never had a hundred yard receiving game at Michigan gets drafted in the sixth round by the browns and is now like their second or third receiver i mean he looks like he belongs for sure a little bit i'll say a lot more physically uh physically built stature wise than roman but not as fast and so yeah it's one of those things where they just need an opportunity i think so we'll you know we'll see what that starts to look like with jj at the helm because i think it could change some things
0: is roman running back punts or kicks Roman Wilson is the number 1 kick
6: returner. I don't think he's on punt. It was AJ Henning was re- was returning punts. Yeah. So Roman is the Roman is the deep man on kick return. Yes.
0: Well, at least he gets the ball there then. But then yeah. again, well, <laughs> Hawaii is only going to be kicking off one time. I was just, the- <laughs> I, didn't more say I
6: was going I was going to let you guys say it. But yeah, I don't know if he'll get a whole lot of opportunities to return kicks on Saturday. We'll see. But
0: I mean with but with the talent, it's not just Hawaii. It's a lot of teams they're going to play. They're not going to get mm-hmm. many kickoffs. So that's uh, – uh. anyway, we'll uh, kind of follow his career. Great. And one, and one more
1: question, question, Gary? Yeah, one question on the defense, Brandon. Last mm-hmm. week against Colorado State, they had seven sacks. You lost two D linemen to the NFL. How do you compare this year's defense to last year's, especially with those numbers from last week?
6: Yeah, it was really impressive. I mean, Jesse Minner, a new defensive coordinator, obviously you lose Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall pick. David Ojabo would have been, in, would have been a first-round pick had he not tore his Achilles at his pro day, still ended up going in the second round. But it's, it's interesting. We talked to some of these players this summer. They said, look, you don't, you don't ever want to lose guys like that. They're phenomenal. That's why they you know, went in the first round in the NFL. But because those guys are gone – they're having to do some more versatile, more multiple, more disguised type of things. When you've got David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson, they rush the passer on every single play. You'd be dumb to ask them to do anything else. You've got some of these other guys who are a little unproven, different kinds of players. Now you've got a Jalen Harrell who's 6'4", 240, and can really rush the passer, but he's also dropping into coverage on you know, uh, you know 20% of his plays or whatever it is. So there's guys coming from different angles, and you saw that last week. The first, The first sack of the season – was from Mike Sainer still, who's 5'10", 182 pounds and played wide receiver last year. He's playing cornerback now. He got the first sack of the year. So you've got corners coming and safeties coming and linebackers coming, a lot more games and twists up front with the D linemen and the edge guys. So it's a little more multiple and probably a little bit harder to predict on what's going to happen. But last year, I mean, look, you knew Aiden Hutchinson was coming. You knew David Ojabo was coming, and they still got home. Now... Things are coming from a lot of different areas, and it worked really, really well in the first week against Colorado State.
0: All right, guys, check out Wolverine Digest Pod. It's on the Sports Illustrated channel on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And, Brandon, great talk. Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of the season. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon. All right, all right. there he is, uh, Brandon Brown. And uh, if you're a Michigan fan, check out the podcast. Very popular. I'm looking at Roman Wilson here, and I can't remember his brother's name that played Kevin. That played for Washington State. No, Kevin is the dad. The dad, okay. The, I, I can't remember the – ah, nice guy too. Anyway, um, this, so he has uh, two receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Last year um, he had 25 receptions for 420 yards. And then uh, in 2020, um, nine receptions for 122 yards, and he got a t- he had one uh, rushing touchdown. But anyway, that's kind of sad. You know, you look at somebody like Donovan Peoples-Jones, and that guy gets better and better and better. He's just seemed like he just hung on to make the team his first year. And what is it now, his third year, or something like that, fourth year? I mean, that guy's a legitimate NFL receiver. I really like him. Um, Roman Wilson, it's a shame. But I would think if you've got the speed, right, and he's not tiny. I mean, he's listed at, and I'll just say listed at, 6 feet, 185 pounds. I mean, not everybody is 6'3", uh, 220. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are smaller in the NFL. But if you've got speed and you can play special teams, I think people take a look at you.
1: And he's got another year left. I mean, he's got two years left, basically, if he decides to wait till his senior year.
0: Right, or and, and, and he's going to play good competition. Yeah. you're you're going to be you know you're going to show off even though it's uh, not many passes, you're you're going to be able to show off and you know when you're playing Iowa's and Ohio states and things like that. Right, and, I mean if he performs well against them, you would know uh, definitely that people are going to take notice we're a little bit behind want to remind you we got the rivals fantasy football show that happens wednesdays at eight o'clock here and it's brought to you by Rivals sports bar and lounge in the waikiki malia by outrigger we'll have a weekly fantasy expert to help you with your team and you can win nfl memorabilia too wednesdays at eight here on espn Honolulu. Hey, it's the Bobby Curran Show. Hey, sad, sad day today is the uh, uh, the passing of Queen Elizabeth. If you uh, haven't heard that yet, uh, she passed away. I don't know if it was this afternoon, which would be this after. I don't know the time difference, but just it was breaking news a little while ago that Queen Elizabeth has passed away. So now Prince Charles will become King Charles. And uh, she was very, very popular and well loved. She was on the throne for seventy years. She took the throne in 1952. And uh, got a text. Thank you very much for checking in on the Zephyr Insurance text line here. It says one of the reasons Queen, Queen Elizabeth was so well loved during World War II, she did not do the shallow photo op kind of work, but rather, as a mechanic, uh, rolled up your sleeves and got greasy hands and you know, working on en- working with engine parts, right? So it was like back in World War II, and it was one of the reasons they say that um, America, because we were like the underdogs, we're, we had to have a, a come-from-behind win, right? And it was because we, you know, all the men were off to war, and all the ladies worked in the factories, building ships and, and ammunition and all that kind of stuff. So that's what Queen Elizabeth was doing for her country, for the Allies at the time in, in England. So anyway, kind of a sad day today. Uh, as Queen Elizabeth has passed away at, um, how old was she? 96, 96? and her husband,
1: Prince Philip, died, I believe, last year in August, or right around the summer, uh, and he, I believe, was 99, if I'm not mistaken, so... I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to watch The Crown on Netflix, which is a great show, different uh, eras they have, and a great description of uh, showing her life from when she was a teenager, taking over as the queen, and amazing everything she accomplished. And it shows a lot of how beloved she was in England over the years.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. uh, Coming up, we're going to uh, close it out here on ESPN Honolulu, uh, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. want to uh, remind you, you can follow us on our social media platforms for the scoring live espn honolulu scoreboard you get the final score of every prep football game friday and saturday nights and a big mahalo for making this possible thank you to bmw of honolulu and ron d solar services All right, thank you for uh, the Zephyr Insurance. Text line is open at 808-296-1420, and uh, you can call at that number. Go old school and pick up the phone and communicate. <laughs> Reed, thank you for holding on. Thank you for listening. Hi. What's up, guys? Good morning. Hey, I just got a question in two parts. Um,
5: the YPO Soccer Stadium, is that a one-trick pony? Is that only available for soccer, or can high school football start maybe transitioning there?
0: Uh, oh let's I don't know who I would ask about that. I've haven't been there in a long time. the If it's a soccer field, football field dimensions would fit in there, right? I don't right. know. Okay, I and would think got too like, yeah. yeah, it's got but like, who would I but think, who would play there? Yeah.
5: Well, if you take all the ILH games and you, and because we don't have a stadium anymore, you know, wouldn't that be a perfect venue? I think size wise, I think it accommodates the amount of spectators um that Aloha Stadium did for the ILH.
0: I mean the ILH could play at their home fields except for, I believe, Damien and Pac five. That's well, a good St. question Louis though. Bishop
5: Gorman. Yeah, St. Louis played Bishop Gorman at Mililani. Lani.
0: Oh. Right, right. Maybe it was a recruiting thing. Just joking. <laughs> well, yeah. that's a good question. And, and more, I mean, yeah. you would hope that on maybe Friday nights you could play at TC Ching.
5: Yeah, you know, and and one more question: Aloha Stadium slated to be demolished. Is there any plans to auction off seats there, like they did at Yankee Stadium? You know, if there's fifty thousand seats, and you just do the simple math, I think at a hundred dollars a seat just for you know, some man cave or some maybe business yeah, yeah. lobby. You
1: know, that's $5 million right there. It was mentioned that they are planning something like that as some of the seats or some other, I don't know, another thing you can get out of the stadium that fans the would turf. want. You could get the turf. Get a piece wow. of turf, right? But yeah, I'm not sure exactly who said it, but some of the officials there talked about it when they have the next new opening date of the next new stadium. That they would, when they demolish it, they plan on trying to sell seats. So I'm not sure if that's 100% definite, but it's a great idea and it's a great way to make some extra money too. And the fans would love it. The hey, that gives get us
0: gives us things to ponder. Reed, thank you for listening today. Have a great day. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, we've got the Little League uh, World Series parade happening today. It's going to run start at noon. Going to run from Ala Park to Honolulu Hale, so it's going down King Street, right? So they're going to be closing uh, some lanes in front of Ala Park starting at 9:45 this morning because you got to line up all the vehicles and the you know the marching band and all of those guys. They all got to get ready. And uh, it's 11 o'clock. Uh, They're going to close King Street starting at Dillingham and Liliha Street at at that intersection over there. And they're going to detour you through Evil A Street. But anyway, in the midday downtown today, traffic's going to be a little, um, you know, small kind of hassle. But um, that's going to be uh, today. And if you want to go down and support the parade, there's tons of ways to, you know, get down there from the other directions or whatever where you can – or if you're working downtown – Come on out at lunchtime, 12 noon, and go downstairs and root on all the teams. There's going to be the little little league team there. There's going to be other championship teams, I believe some softball teams and baseball teams and things like that, and marching bands. What fun. What a better (laughs) lunchtime today than to uh, grab a sandwich and, and enjoy the parade along the route.
1: I'm glad these kids get to enjoy everything that they got in Williamsport, of course, and on national TV, but also back home. From the water salute at the airport, to all the greetings at the airport, to being honored at the UH game on Saturday, the parade today. And and they get to get out of school early, I guess, as well. So that's a big thing.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they've missed so much school already. I feel sorry. Maybe their teachers sent them homework while they were on the mainland. Hopefully that was the deal, right? Because school started uh, while they were still on the mainland. If you're a World Series champion, you don't need to get homework on the mainland. You just got to pass for all
1: that work. I You got to get some, you know, some acknowledgement and some rewards of this. And I'm just joking. And that explains it, but... a
0: lot about your life, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, I never,
1: I never won the World Se- uh, Little League World Series championship. And you know, even with that, I know I've mentioned this in the past, but when I played Little League, I mean, the goal was to maybe make an all-star team in your town. That was so many levels away and so many wins away from going to the actual World Series or a regional. The fact that they've done it so many times, the odds are against any team doing it that often, let alone once. Uh, I just think it's, again, I'm just more and more amazed and proud of them every time I think about what they've accomplished. And especially this year, and the, the way they won, sweeping, everybody the run differential of 60 to 5 i mean this is i mean it's an incredible story and in hawaii we have so many champions especially even this year with rainbow warrior volleyball little league world series big west women's championship in basketball for the uh wahini basketball team uh big west champs in volleyball last december or late november uh we've got so many champions here for such a small state it's fantastic now we need a quarterback in the nfl that'll win some uh playoff games and i think two is going to do that this year
0: and we need a quarterback for the University of Hawaii football team is what we need. So uh, Joey Yellen is going to be the starting quarterback. Um, Braden Shager, what's his injury? Do we know, or are they keeping it private because that's how they do? They, they It's
1: undisclosed with him and even the ailment for Cam Cooper. that They haven't said exactly what it is.
0: No. Okay. Okay. So we don't know if he got hurt in practice. We don't know if he got hurt during the game. He didn't seem to be hurt during the game. No, he
1: didn't do the last drive. It was Cam Cooper and the running player, too, to try to get in the end zone. But I didn't see Braden Shager hurt. I heard no reports about it on Saturday, so I wonder about that. So
0: he didn't even make the – no, he made the trip, Josh said. Cam Cooper didn't. Right, so Braden Shager is not going to play, but he made the trip. I guess because you're still a part of the team and you're still on the sideline and you're still going through meetings and learning and practice, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Why yeah. didn't Cam- So Cam and Cooper didn't make the trip. Is it a more serious injury? They, they only, all The wording I saw was an ailment.
1: Uh, for Shager, I think he actually – oh, ch- Hopefully there's even it's a not COVID he could or something like
0: that, but I don't yeah. want to speculate. That's unfair. For Shager,
1: they said – and Mark Gennery even said it last hour that he could play, even though they say Jake Farrell is number two for this week. But Shager, I guess, would be available, even though he's not starting. So I don't know what that means. He's gotten better throughout the week or not.
0: Or it's probably more of just an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. We, You know, we want to keep him for the rest of the year. Uh, we don't want to risk it. But if, say, uh, Jake Farrell goes out there, I hope – Um. Um. what was the receiver? He was connecting to Jake Farrell in the spring game. Talking ati at, ati, ati, ati uh, Malala. Mokial Ati Malala. Ati Malala, ati Malala that guy. Anyway. I hope that guy gets in the game and they connect a couple times just like in the spring game. Right. Can you say quarterback controversy? It'd
1: be nice to have one after all that. And they did look good in the spring game as well. So also Eden is on the Eden is on the quarterback on the trip as well. And I know somebody said Eden, but I saw in the pronunciation guide it is Eden, right? I'm getting, I'm getting confirmation on that. But uh, I'd like to see Jake Barrow get a chance because there's not going to be many opportunities for him. He got a scholarship a month or two ago, and mm-hmm. uh, he's never been in a game, so not as a well, quarterback.
0: especially under the situation where, hey, you know what? He hasn't had a chance to go out and throw five interceptions. He might be a guy that go out, yeah. and you know what? He's the kind of guy that plays, and Coach Timmy has said it, when the lights come on, you got a different player, right? Yeah, Colt yeah. Brennan wasn't a great in practice. Colt Brennan, it was when the lights came on, Colt Brennan shined. And we've had guys like that. Yeah. And so maybe he's one of those guys. And you know what? What's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen if Jake Farrell plays in the football game? He throws four interceptions? Well, I mean, against Michigan, you can worse. take those chances. Yeah. Because the game probably will it. be lopsided. So hopefully a guy yeah.
1: like he will get that opportunity. I mean, it'd just be great for him for everything he's put into this program, but also to see what he's got, you know, with live, you know, live fire, so to speak. Live ammunition, so I hope he does get a chance. And I again I hope of course I hope Hawaii's at least competitive, but uh it's gonna be tough. We know it's gonna be a tough task.
0: Okay. All right. Well gosh, that's gonna do it for us. Let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy it is at twelve noon and Pacheco <laughs> Josh Pacheco at three o'clock. Uh, Tanner Hayworth, uh, great job. Thank you for the assist back in the Paxa Studios here in downtown Honolulu. Remember, enjoy the parade today at twelve noon along King Street. See you tomorrow.